everybody. It is ladies night on Soap Dish Sound Style. Michael cannot be here with us tonight. He's off taking his GRE exam. Good luck, Michael. We're praying for you. So with me tonight, I have my girls, Dylan and Ariet. Say hello. Hi. Now, before we jump in to all of these shenanigans this week in Salem, I do have a letter from our fearless leader, Michael. He wanted to make sure that he got his thoughts in for the week. (laughs) So I'm just going to give this a quick read before we jump in. So this is from Michael. It says, my dear Disher, so sorry that I wasn't able to make it today, but duty calls as I try to start the next phase of my life and career. Never fear, though, I shall return next week. I do have a few opinions on this week. The pacing continues to be awful. It is to the point where I have become disinterested in stories I want to see because it's on for one to two days a week. It's sad to watch. I want more heat for this christening story. It's decent because of family moments, but I don't want to see 50-year-olds arguing about names and godparents. Theo is home, and based on spoilers, we're going to see him jumping around Salem. Hopefully, he's jumping a few bones along the way. I love Michael. (laughs) Sierra is safe, but she has no memory of Ben. Let's hope she takes this time to remember having a life outside of him before Ron pushes them back together. Lastly, I want to have an opinion on this murder mystery, but alas, it's only been on a few days. I will also be tweeting my opinions on the past week, so you all have my opinions so I can jump into next week's podcast swinging. Bye for now, and remember you are all my chill. Wait, shit, wrong soap. From <laughs> the Maverick. P.S. They killed my Laura Horton. <laughs> you know he was never going to be able He's to never letting that go. That go. He's never letting it go. Nope. His dying words will be they killed my Laura Horton. Right? <laughs> On his gravestone. Yes. Laura Horton was killed. <laughs> I I avenge the death of Laura Horton. (laughs) There wasn't much in terms of news this week that I saw. The only thing I really saw was that we got confirmation that Chanel, Paulina's daughter, will be hitting Salem the week of March 22nd and will be having scenes with Claire, which we expected. But also, and here's a curveball, Trip. Did y'all see that? I, I yeah, and I'm worried. I, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. I don't know what where they're going with this. With like, I don't, I don't mind it because what I, I want them to give her an opportunity to interact with as many characters as she can to see where the chemistry lies exactly because I, I don't want her to be just like islanded off in segregation corner like they <laughs> like they do on and on other shows um but at the same time I know how these fandoms work and just the idea that you know and I know that there are people who are really really shipping Trip and Alley and there's a very ugly thing that happens whenever a black female character is put into the sort of uh, is put into the presence of an available white guy 
who fandom has decided they want with one of their white faves. And it happens on every show with every Black female character from Maggie and Stephanie on Grey's to Bonnie on the Vampire Diaries to Iris on the Flash. They start getting harassed and bullied and hatred and racially abused. And I, I don't want that for her. I don't want that for her. Because she's she's also young too. From yeah. The, from the looks of it. So I, I mean, I wouldn't want that. It's like I, I don't but I especially her, don't but I know that her. it's gonna I, I I know like please I know that avoid that Twitter go there <laughs> and I'll and be there calling them out yeah I just I'm just gonna be so protective because I've seen a lot of what you've been saying towards Lonnie for yep. the last few years exactly yeah and I've called them out one. every single time I've seen it so and it's like it's different and I know it's it's not and the thing is people are always like well that's what happens when someone gets in the middle of a ship yeah it is but it's always amped up and it's just it's different when it is a black female character the The one the way that they attack them is different the, the one thing I will say is the saving grace of this will probably be that nobody gives a crap about trip enough to be upset <laughs> so that might be the saving grace of this right i'm okay. i'm just curious um how because we we have a spoiler of what chanel is supposed to be do- not spoiler but like theory theory no there is something Ron stated in Soap Digest that she will have a story with Ilani, but she will also be interacting with the younger crowd. So we know a little, but I want to see her interact with a lot of different characters. But Trip, uh, I guess I, I want a quad story, so <laughs> I guess I'm already getting some of it. I mean, but. I'm not going to judge it until it airs. Like, yeah. We'll see what it looks like, but I'm definitely confusion. Yeah, I, I don't mind her interacting with Claire and maybe building a friendship with her, but just trip, it doesn't make sense. But do you guys think, since we watched, maybe we will talk about it during the recap or review, um, but Chanel, I think she is Theo's ex. Yeah, yeah, that's like where that, I'm leaning to. I don't know how, scene, but yeah, yeah, her first scene isn't even with Theo. It's gonna be with somebody else. It's gonna be with Claire and Trip, like we said. So it makes me think like they're waiting to have this moment where Theo and Chanel see each other and go, "Oh my God, it's you," or something like that. Yeah. So I definitely feel that that's where this is going, and yeah, we'll definitely touch on the um the uh. Theo breaking up with his girlfriend thing when we get to the recap part of the episode, which I think we could pretty much jump into now because I don't think there were any other major news items that I saw. Did you guys happen to see anything? No, that was. I think it was a slow news week. Yeah, I, which I don't necessarily mind. So, with that being said, that was our. Salem Spectator News segment now on to the review of the week. 
First up, Zara have a little romance the night before their wedding, before they finalize their wedding party and have the most pathetic bachelor and bachelorette parties we've ever seen. Rex crashes Xander's bachelor party as the start of yet another pointless return. <laughs> Where do we want to start? What's the point of Rex? I mean, you guys know I love my Rex in the but version of not, Eric Winter. I was going to say, this is not the Rex we no. claim. No. What is the point of him? Uh, what is, and literally, tell me what is the point of him? I honestly don't know. He literally came in. He was as almost as big of a dick as his father was in the mid-90s. Like, he was showing he is every bit Roman's son in those scenes. The it's, saving grace of that, there I mean, was really no... I'm not going to lie, Xander deserves it. But he was, Rex came off so smug, and I was like, yeah, dude... And it's so weird because they've been over, like, in soap terms, they've been over, like, forever. So, like, dude, what? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, this is in 2003. Rex was a bit of an asshole back then. I'm not going to lie. But he had growth. And to him, like, come back to, like, I don't know. I don't get the writing for Rex. This whole thing makes absolutely. No sense. No sense. Um, Sarah and Xander have, I mean, at least Jack is Xander's best man makes a little more sense. Right. But Sarah, Bonnie as Sarah's maid of honor. Listen, I was, I don't. I got to give it to her because she was, she was mentioning my girl. So I was like, yeah. It it was just, it was just so like strange. The only thing that I could come up with as an explanation for that it was supposed to be Maggie and when Xander like gets you know over his heartbreak or whatever at getting stood up and he starts trying to piece together okay how this happened he's probably going to have a conversation where Bonnie's going to be like oh well she was happy and excited and you know right looking forward to the wedding so that'll probably like get his wheels turning like okay well if that was the case then why didn't she show so like I I can only think that it was a plot point for whenever he starts investigating her not being there I don't but also Justin as their officiant did also know this wedding doomed did, Did Rex what? give a reason to why he's back? Because nope. I must have missed he it. He literally said he was here to surprise his father. That was it. Yeah. Okay. No idea. I just... I just want him... If we're gonna have Rex, why can't we bring back Mimi? Honestly, he, it, 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 this is Emily. all just so. This is all just so weird. Well, we're not going to get Emily because baby, but but yeah, just me bring Mimi back. Farrah is open to come back. She tweeted not long ago that she wouldn't mind coming back. I think I don't know exactly. She said like there's someone missing, so it seems like she's open. So open to returning, like I don't know, short stint or whatever. But, like, Rex without Mimi, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. At least not currently. Make any sense. It also doesn't make any sense that he still has feelings for Sarah, considering the last time he saw Sarah, she tied him to a chair. 
Right. Exactly. Like, none of this makes any kind of sense. But we are where we are. Speaking of Sarah, she goes to pick up her wedding dress and busts Kristen. And we get some long-awaited point of view from Sarah about losing her baby and the baby switch as a whole as Brady and Chloe are bonding over at the pub. Sarah goes to warn Brady about what Kristen is up to and gets knocked out. So what did we think? I, you know what? I surprised myself because I, I didn't think that I would enjoy those scenes as much as I did. Me either. And I think, first of all, Stacy and Lindsay have amazing chemistry. They were they really do. good together. And like, I felt, I felt for both of them. Yes, me too. Because because <laughs> Kristen made a valid point. If Sarah had never kidnapped Rachel, she never would have stabbed Victor. Right. And it was just like, and I love actually getting to hear from Sarah, like getting, like her getting to actually talk about, you know. Because that's one loss. thing that, was kind of glossed over in this entire story. It became about Xander's pain over losing Sarah and Xander keeping a secret. We never got to see Sarah's pain over the child that she lost. It was just like, it was very long overdue, but I think it was very well done. Yeah. And it, it was some of Lindsay's stronger work of the year because it was subdued and she has thankfully Toned down. down. (laughs) And I'm wondering if that's because she was kind of getting ready to pivot into Kristen as Sarah kind of a thing. Like she's kind of like she was kind of toning it down because she knew she wasn't going to be. I mean, actually being herself. I wasn't like feeling much of Kristen and Sarah. I was just like, yeah, Kristen, thank you for knocking her out because I'm tired but I felt like their scenes both of them made points like good good solid points but I was just not feeling the scenes in general but I will say I'm kind of interested to see how Lindsay plays Kristen as Sarah you know that little moment in the promo had me on the floor when she walked into the pub was that in the extended promo? I think it was in the extended, yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it fully, so I have to watch later. But yeah, but- there, there's this moment where she comes waltzing into the pub, and she's she's wearing like her her dress and stuff, and like you you can tell that it's Kristen as Sarah because Sarah doesn't have that much swag. I'll I'll have to watch the promo. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. Like. Like we're- thoughts I have on the, these scenes because I thought they were dragging for so long. It was yesterday's episode specifically. I was like, whoa, this is taking forever. And it just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. Okay. Now, what did we think of the Chloe, Susan as Kristen stuff leading into the bro stuff that was right before that, like right before Sarah found Kristen? I didn't mind them. I do feel like it, it could have been a little, I, I feel like they were a little dragged out because I, 
I feel like they could have gotten to the point a little a little quicker but I I didn't mind them and I also kind of liked seeing that yeah Kristen is unraveling like she's her her murderous fantasies are so much fun she's Kristen is is um she's like a one good misunderstanding or push away from going full Kristen yeah completely and I'm here for it to be honest yeah I'm like I I want them to keep in mind that she can't go like too too far and still be a viable character that they keep on like every day I mean, they, can, they can just make her Stefano 2.0 and just yeah. make her a villain yeah I just her that way because this whole don't... like domestication thing does oh, not. Oh yeah, work no, it's not working. Has I mean, never worked. Will never work. So, Chris, Kristen, to me, I don't think she's a long-term viable character. Like, I think Kristen works like just a few, like few months, like a short arc, and then leaves. Like she, Kristen, to me, works better as a villain. Yeah. And uh, I really thought I I think this dates back to 2019, the time jump. This is where everything went wrong. Like sure, okay, I initially liked where they were going. I thought we were going to get full-blown villain Kristen again. Uh, but and they didn't. Uh, no, they didn't. And I feel like they haven't been able to tap back into who Kristen was or is since then and it just I just don't have a a use for Kristen on canvas anymore because it makes no sense I am enjoying her slowly losing it like Dylan said like watching her seethe during that break break the Chloe phone call, which, by the way, was so adorable. He was like, this is not a working dinner. We are going out. I am saying thank you. And it was just so cute. And then their actual dinner, which we'll talk about in a minute. It was so random. I think, wasn't that, um, was that on Thursday's episode? Yeah, that yeah. was Thursday because Jack and, and Xander came interrupted in just as Chloe was about to admit her feelings. Because we saw there was one episode where Brady only showed up for like. Yeah, that I think was Wednesday. Was that Wednesday? No, that wasn't Wednesday. I think that no, was Thursday. No, it might. Was it? Was it? Was either? Yeah, it might have been Wednesday. Thursday. Was the Ilani family and Ben? Right. And okay. Ben. So no, that was Thursday. So they, yeah, yeah, that was. Ra- I was. It was so random because Jack. Jack also showed up like. Yeah. Half. We, half well, an episode that's, late. That's. That's literally, they have contractual episode guarantees. They have to air. Let's just throw them in the episode. Yeah, it was weird. Like, just like 30 minutes into the episode or something like that, Brady showed up or something. It was just like, the pacing makes no sense. I loved, like, Brady and Chloe at the pub. And then Brady, when Xander and Jack showed up, and, like, Brady having absolutely... (laughs) No fucks left to give when it came to Xander's wedding. Xander was all excited. I'm going to wear a kilt. And Brady was like, oh, yeah, that's I don't care. (laughs) 
Oh man, it was literally the best ever. And then when they went, when Brady and Chloe went back to the townhouse and they had that little scene about the sandwich, I'm not even going to lie. I, my, my brain went to the gutter. <laughs> I just want them to get together. Already. Please just... give me Broey, please. Like I know Brady's going to Brady, so it's going <laughs> to eventually it's it's gonna go sideways but please but give me like Broly. let her I let her have the little girl have this. this they talked about like just please give it to me and i've i've never shipped them this hard i didn't even ship them this hard the first time like with I, kyle and nadia like i would have been i would have been happy with chloe and philip me I too like if i can't have that give me chloe and brady i'll, I'll be happy with that as well <laughs> just either or i'm easy i'm very easy to please here yeah, just please just i mean and the chemistry again just leaps off the screen in a way that hasn't in years they're just it and they're so like they're so pretty <laughs> like i'm being shallow but they are just they're really pretty together and and oh it's so perfect and they just I, they just fit and so I just I like it I'm enjoying it I want it give it to me exactly let me have a nice thing give me yes. a nice thing please I would have preferred I feel like Chloe is being wasted like I've said many 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 times she has been wasted in this story I'm not a fan of bro but when they've had Philip back, when they have Philip back and not use, utilizing a Philip, no, Flowey, Broey triangle, but do this Kristen, Susan, Broey mess. Nah, that just like threw me out of it immediately because that, a missed opportunity with this triangle with Philip, Chloe, and Brady and Chloe. That would have been much better. I mean, that triangle drove story for almost exactly. a year in the early 2000s. So it would have been awesome to see them try to go there. Especially with them older and having the but history that they have to play with. There's also a chance that they could absolutely still go there. Once they implode Briston, which I think is eventually where this is going, because I just don't see how Briston survived this, to be honest. If Brady and Chloe eventually get together, I could see Philip's jealousy starting to kind of pop up, and then Philip trying to make a play for Chloe while she's with Brady, and then pulling up the triangle that way. They might just be waiting to kind of remove Kristen from the whole story to begin with before they go there. I can see that. I also can see like a whole, and I don't know, maybe it's just like the, the, the romance writer in me coming out, but I can see like a whole fake dating thing going on where with Philip and Gabby, Philip and Gabby, where like, he's trying to make Chloe jealous. She's trying to make Jake jealous. And then they have like all of this mess where it's you know like a little square within a triangle <laughs> within two triangles really because you've got like chloe uh philip and brady and then you'd have like gabby and jake and i guess kate but uh, do we re 
I hate saying that she's a non-factor because it's is. Kate. No, but she's, she's absolutely her, but... a non-factor in this. Yeah, story. she's been a non-factor in pretty much all of her stories for like the last few years. It's like, yeah, yeah. So I can definitely see them getting back around to some sort of Chloe, Philip, Brady interaction, just because it would make, it makes sense. And it, it doesn't make sense to have that yeah. on the canvas available to play and not to play it. I would rather but, see that, even if I'm not a fan of Broey. I just don't feel anything like for the pairing or just feel I don't see the chemistry. But I would prefer a triangle with these these three characters. It would make more make more sense. So I just feel like Chloe is being being wasted in this currently. I don't think she's being wasted. Brady I don't think she's being think, wasted. I just think it's No, I feel like in the storyline she is. I don't agree. Because I don't, I don't, I feel like the potential is being wasted a lot. But also, be- before we transition to the next thing, Chloe is my shade queen because she gave Xander so much crap when she saw that when she saw him. But she said she said something like. My condolences to Sarah or something like that. And I was dying because Chloe is not here for Xander and it is my favorite thing in the world. Right? I I mean, I feel like that's one of the things that is kind of like missing from the show. Everyone wants everyone to forgive everyone else. And I'm like, nah, let some of these people hold some grudges. And even if others want other to, others to forgive them doesn't mean they have to. Yeah. But while Jack is on Xander's bachelor party pub crawl, his daughters are having World War 564. <laughs> Gwen comes to screaming in the tunnels. Anna finds her and leaves her there. Anna then tries hilariously to prevent Chad from going down to the tunnels to see what his wife is up to. Abby, meanwhile, has completely lost her mind and comes this close to injecting Gwen with the same drug that Gwen used on her. Gabby can't take it and calls it quits and frees Gwen, who busts Abby to Chad and goes to the police station to press charges, and Eli has no time for any of this. So where do we want to jump in? I, I think it makes sense for, like, I have to point it out, because I actually liked that specific scene when Gabby stopped Abby from injecting Oh, it made complete that sense. Was, I was, yeah, I was 100% on board with that because she could see that Abigail was losing it and she wasn't about to go to jail for somebody else. For another it. thing that Abby has done. I I, I get it. I just lo- like that moment when Abby, when Gabby stopped Abby and I was like, damn. The way they looked at each other, that was like, whew, that was a good moment. It played out really good in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't blame Gabby for like being like, no, this is enough. But also, Gwen drugged Abigail. So I think she has every reason to do the same. Right? I was just like, okay, I, I get it. It's not quote unquote right. But it's also but not something okay. that Abby would do. And where Abby lost me 
was when she told Chad that she'd be completely fine going to jail if it meant that Gwen came. Uh, that when you're a mom yeah. and you've already spent so much time away from your kids because of your various stays in mental hospitals and you're willing to sacrifice time away from your kids for revenge, that's where you lose me. And by the time she that's... comes around and realizes that it's not worth it, I think it's going to be too late. I feel like I have to pivot to Kristen as well because she is doing. She's not mentioning her kid either. And like she's focusing on something else rather than like because of her daughter. And I feel like this is weird having characters like be more focused on revenge and like being okay. Like Abby being like, yeah, I I don't mind going to jail when she has been away from her kids for quite a while, like a few years here and there. I think what I would have liked and what probably would have made those scenes play better is like for me, I feel like it's not just about revenge for Abby. Abby truly, sincerely sees Gwen as a threat to her family and to herself, which she rightfully should. She feels, to me, she feels like as long as Gwen is around, she is not safe. The people that she loves are not safe. Her kids aren't safe. Her husband's not safe. Her father is insisting on having this woman near and dear to them. So it's like, you know, it's not getting even for the sake of getting even. It's literally, (laughs) in a lot of ways, she's literally probably feeling like she's literally fighting for her life because she is Gwen has and, made it really really clear and I that I completely will absolutely destroy her and she won't stop until she does and, and I get that and find this woman murdered her grandmother and so I completely get that I just don't like and I I know that they're they're doing this to eventually you know write out Abby for Marcy's maternity leave it's just and I completely get I'm completely fine with Abby fighting back. I'm completely fine with her hating Gwen. I'm completely fine with her wanting to get to the truth about what happened to her grandmother. I was even completely fine with her kidnapping Gwen. And I was even fine when I thought what she was drugging Gwen with was truth serum to get the truth out of her. It crossed a line for me that she was actually going to inject Gwen with the same drug that was used on her Knowing the nightmare that she lives with, I don't see her wanting to inflict that pain on anybody else, even her worst enemy. Like, Abby's a character we're supposed to root for. She's supposed to be the heroine of the story, and that's not exactly a heroine move. Does that make sense? Yeah, but at at the same time, isn't it, though, if you feel like you're, and which is why I say I feel I wish they had played it up more, because is, isn't it if you feel like you're protecting your children and your family and your life? I I think it is justified on Abby's end, to be honest, like she, yeah, maybe it's not a heroin, heroin act, but heroines are also flawed people like they're not perfect and I I think Abby has every reason to do the same I don't fault her for that the reasoning 
like for her, like back to her going to jail. That makes no sense to me, like what she said, but Gwen has done a lot of bad things towards Abby and her family. And oh, yeah, I have no issue. has killed Laura, so I don't blame her. And Abby feels cornered, like, right now, because her parents are, like, they're, like, neutral. Like, be her, they should be, like, a family. They should be, like, sisters and bonding. And I don't know. I just, I feel like Abby feels like she doesn't have anyone on her side right now and and i get that i i guess i just i wouldn't have done the whole drugging her with the same drug she gave me i would have like i said if it had been a truth serum and she was trying to get the truth out of her would have played completely differently i think yeah i think it's just like i also think that Abby wouldn't be at this point if Gwen were not going to be a continued presence. Thank you, Jack. (laughs) You know, if this were someone that, you know, she could reasonably get some distance from. It wouldn't be so bad. I I will say the one thing I that, but she is not. And it's like, listen, I am... I am always the person in the movies, in the shows, whatever. I am team kill the threat because these people come back and they create havoc. So I am team remove the threat when you have an opportunity to do so. So it's like, I I get it. I, it's not, it's not right, but it's understandable. I will say the one thing I did like in the scene where Chad and Abby were like, where Chad was confronting her and they were fighting is Abby said, I'm fighting back the way I always should have. Mm. And I, I, I did kind of like that they're making Abby stronger. I'm just afraid that because of Marcy's maternity leave, they're going to turn it around that her strength is her actually losing her mind. And that when she comes back, that all of that strength is going to disappear. I wonder if... Do you guys think she will like lose her mind or end up in jail? I don't know. I don't either. And I'm going to be. Because I, 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 I feel I'm, like I'm already is... like I'm going to be annoyed if they're setting this up to where Gwen is the quote unquote victim of. Abby. Exactly. Like, no, no mas. No. I will say I, I like that Eli had no time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eli was but, I felt like what Eli said is basically the Horton. Oh, the whole, I don't think my cousin would have done that thing. Yeah. But even before that, when he's like, listen, we don't have time for your family issues. Like y'all got to find another way to deal with this. I mean, we could, in that scene, Eli's Horton side came out and I was like. kind of. I mean, it's also like, it, it is Abigail. Like, Abby, I get it. Abby kidnapped you and tied you up. It, it, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, they're family. Of course, we're going to protect family, but it's not even that they're family. Like, I think if she had been like uh, Claire knocked me out and tied yeah. me up, he'd have listened because, well, but listen, Abby, saying Abby is more likely to be kidnapped than be the kidnapper. Right. 
So, but I also like that Eli had no part, like had no time for any of this. He's like, listen, I'm, y'all are going to have to deal with this on your own because we are not family court. You cannot settle your disputes here at, at the police station. Like he had no time for any of this. but also i love anna can we just backtrack for a second and say i love all things anna the way she left her tied to that chair i yes i was dying my girl i wasn't sure if she was just gonna leave her there or if she was gonna do what she did with stefan and gabby and toss water at them and leave (laughs) i thought i love anna i um i thought her and gwen was fine but the way it played wasn't as fun as it was with Ste- Stefan, Gabby, and Anna. I thought that played much better than. Oh, yeah, no, that totally played way better. Yeah. But I just, it, it was so much fun. And then when she was trying to stop Chad from going down to the basement, oh, she's like, stop in the name of love, which please. <laughs> I, was singing, I, I was singing at, when I heard that. I was like, stop in the name of love. <laughs> I love Anna. And Michael, when you when you edit this podcast later, please make the episode title "Girls Night Out." Stop in the name of love. Please, thank you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah, Anna is great. I. But my God, does she drink wine ridiculously quickly? (laughs) Because she she had a hard day. She grabbed that full bottle. And then left Gwen there. And two scenes later, she's talking to Chad and the bottle's just about gone. Listen, in that mansion, you need a little bit of, you need a little help every now and again. Oh, no, it was great. I was just, I was having a blast with Anna. Anna is so much fun. I need her around constantly. Anna and Eli were the best parts of- Imagine if, like- Anna and Paulina meeting. They oh, need to be both. Please, please, please. Listen, Anna used to be a designer. So, yeah. Did you did you ever know that? Yeah, Anna was Anna so. was the fabulous. Anna was the fabulous one in that family that would fly in and she'd like swoop in with all of her pizzazz and glam. Yeah. Anna, Anna and Calliope used to have their own like design company and like it was like so Anna could totally like work for Gabby Chic or Basic Black or whatever Paulina's doing if Paulina wants to embark on her own fashion brand like please let that be a thing I would love to see it to be honest I could see them like sharing a few drinks at Julie's place and just that would be so much fun. Give me, give me. Yes, please. But like I said, Anna and Eli were the highlights to me of this whole kidnapping saga. And speaking of Eli, before Eli had to deal with Hurricane Gwen, we got some more backstory on Lonnie and Paulina as Paulina keeps it real with Kate and Abe as she attempts to bid for the Gabby She store. Then we get a surprise visit from Theo, who has arrived in town early for the christening. We get a really sweet scene with Lonnie where we find out he and his girlfriend have broken up. And Lonnie asks him to be Jules's godfather as Eli meets up with Valerie to ask her to be Carver's godmother. 
The entire family meet at Julie's place so they can ask Abe to be Carver's godfather and Julie Jules' godmother. Things don't go as planned when Paulina assumes she's meant to be Jules' godmother and leaves before anyone can tell her different. So where do we want to start on what was arguably the highlight of the entire week? Oh, it was so good. It took up, I was surprised like on Thursday uh, when I edited all of it, it was like 20 minutes of Elon and family. Was it, I I think it was Wednesday, wasn't it? Was it Wednesday? Thursday. No, wait, wait. No, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Wednesday, right, right. It was Wednesday. You might have edited it Thursday. Yeah, right. No, Wednesday's episode had like 20 minutes of Elon and family. Sorry. That is correct. Um, where do I begin? I thought someone else has to begin because I have so many thoughts. It was all so good. Let's start with the um, backstory more so into Paulina and kind of finding out about Lonnie's childhood a little bit. Um because we didn't really, we haven't really heard much about Lonnie's pre-Salem life. So it was kind of nice to see what her life was like and to hear what Paulina was like, which can kind of give us an idea as to what Chanel was like, because if uh, Paulina was willing to get Lonnie a pony for her birthday, is she getting her daughter? (laughs) We can start with... um... That was Tuesday's episode. So um, I loved hearing the backstory of Paulina and a little bit about Lonnie's childhood because we have wanted it for so long. And I thought that the scenes were just like a delight because it felt so... It felt natural, right? Exactly. It felt so realistic because... Like I could see, and like a real couple having this conversation, talking about their family and what, what not. So it just played out so beautifully. And I'm thinking, based on what Lonnie said about uh, Chanel, uh, it wasn't much. Like she said, she said she had a daughter. Lonnie was the oldest. I feel like maybe Chanel might. I don't know. I'm just like theorizing here, but I could see Chanel being jealous of how, how Lonnie was like, how, I don't know how to say it, but like how Paulina might have spoiled Lonnie. Yeah, Lonnie might have been the favorite and Chanel might have a little bit of jealousy. I felt that and what else, what else did they say exactly during Eli and Lonnie's discussion? um Paulina's husband or it might be ex-husband I don't know if they specify yeah, ex- ex- Uncle George yeah Uncle George was the house husband and Paulina I loved that and Paulina was the <laughs> one who had the money um so it, it was kind of nice and then while that conversation was happening we had the completely amazing conversation with Paulina Kate and Abe. Ooh, I love that. Oh, she was speaking so much truth, and man, did it get some stoked Twitter racist. Right? People, all she spoke were facts. 
literal facts. She was like, I loved seeing Paulina call the lack of diversity out. And Kate, Kate, I don't know. What the hell? Did you hear when she said like, what are you, the diversity police? Diversity police? Yeah, that was so cringe. But I like that Days is willing to call themselves out here. It's about time, in my opinion. Yeah. And I want to say, like, this proves they can get it right. So can we stop getting it so ridiculously wrong? It's interesting how just the mere mention of race has people so tight. It it is very interesting. And what it, it tells me is that a lot of y'all don't have the black friends that you think you do because if you did you wouldn't be so defensive surprised and offended by these conversations happening yeah and why are these conversations so offensive when they're true like it are are, it it seems to me like people might be more offended offended at the possibility that their show might be changing and evolving and they were perfectly happy to keep it quite white I mean they this is a show that has catered to the white audience for like decades so when they like they're not used to seeing the show evolving and being like more diverse and so like this is also partly because like I blame the show as well because I don't know how to explain it because I think the show is a lot has needs blame for this too because it has taken so long to like right it it has taken way longer than it should have to address these issues these issues never should have been issues that needed to be addressed in the first place so while it's good that they're finally addressing them, A, why did it take so long? And B, why were these issues even a thing in the first place? And it's, it's interesting how people are like, oh, I come to my soaps for escapism. Okay, well, so do I. So why is your idea of escapism one where people who look like me cannot be centered and represented? Exactly. And why? Why should you escape into a show where it doesn't, where you are not reflected on screen? That's not escapism. That's right. remind. That's a, a reminder of something. You know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Your if your escapism requires my erasure, maybe you need to sit with that for a minute and you know figure out exactly why you feel that way. Exactly. I mean. When was the like look at look at the scene that we got, which we'll talk about now at Julie's place? All of those people, like, have there ever been? And I, I maybe Dylan, you should be the one to ask this because I feel weird asking this. But, but have there ever been that many people of color in one scene? Not in Salem. Okay, I didn't think so. And can we talk about 
I have to say this because uh, Thursday. No, well, sorry. I'm. Why am I stuck on Thursday? Maybe you, did you episode. edit? Did you edit yeah, the clip on Thursday? Yeah, I did. That's why. Uh, but anyway, Wednesday's episode. Oh my God! The many different fa- family dam- family dynamics between Ilani's family. We have Ju- uh, Julie, the grandmother, and the great grandmother. We have Valerie, the grandmother. We have Abe, the grandfather. We have Theo and Lon- like um, her brother, the the uncle of um, Carver and Jules. We have. Oh, there was so much, and I loved it. Like, we got to see, this is what soaps are about. Seeing, like, partly about, seeing families interact with each other, That those dynamics. It doesn't have to be, like, a major storyline. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just seeing that it was so it was, heartwarming. It was so good. And also, um, before we switch to to Theo because I want to spend a little time on Theo too but I also kind of want to shout out the moment where uh they Ron took the Twitter drama over the summer that happened with Sal's hair and actually put it into the script and made it a moment what did we think did we expect that because I certainly didn't (laughs) I was like yeah what you know what that whole thing and I feel like a lot of people I, I don't think that black women in particular We'll overlook it, but the comment that Paulina made where she was asking Val where she got her hair done and then she was like, I don't trust, because I don't trust anyone here to do mine. Like y'all don't understand how real that was. (laughs) Because like, when you are a black woman, hair is a very complicated issue. And you cannot just go anywhere and get your hair done. Because there are legitimate people don't know how to, how to work with your texture. They don't know how to do your hair. They, and like, you will call places and have to ask, do you guys do black hair? And a lot of places will tell you no. Like, so that and that's was legal. I, I mean, uh, they'll just be, I'd rather them be honest than mess up my hair. <laughs> well, no, that's true. But I just, you would. Yeah. Think- I mean, they'll, they'll, like they won't straight up tell you no, but they'll be like, they'll make it kind of clear that they don't have anyone on staff who can, especially if you don't like straighten your hair. Like if you wear your natural texture, like Val does, they, they'll make it really, really clear that they don't have anyone on staff who can work with your hair type. So, I mean, like when I went away to college, I had to come home on weekends to get my hair done because I went to a predominantly white institution in a predominantly white town and there was no one there who could do my hair. So I had to come home to get my hair done. It's, it's a thing. It's, it's a fact of Black life. So like I... I appreciated that being acknowledged because <laughs> it's not really something that I've seen talked about on a soap. But I don't think I've seen it talked about on any television show much ever. I don't have, I don't remember seeing it either, like talked on any show I watched. One thing, I'm not sure this is Ron's writing. Like, I don't, 
I could see him like, like he did, like um, write it in as a scene. But do you guys think the dialogue? Was oh no, wrong? the dialogue was absolutely the scriptwriter. That was a hundred percent the scriptwriter. I'm not sure if it was. It was. I mean, sometimes I think like Ron maybe writes some scripts. No, he, I, he only he only writes the breakdowns. Okay. But my point is, I don't think, I wonder if the act, if that was the actors and not the script writers. Because it felt like a genuine it conversation. Feels, it it feels, whoever is responsible for it, it feels like they are having, whether it's, you know, Sal and Jack Hay and everybody putting in input or whatever's going on. It feels like whoever is writing it is having conversations with actual Black people to take the time and the care to make sure that those little moments of authenticity get in there. That was my point. Like, I felt like it it couldn't have come from, like, a, a script writer who had no knowledge rather than maybe people of color who've told them black, the black actors and actresses on the show, like Sal Lamone, Jack Kay. Um, I feel like someone might have like told them and then they like wrote it in so it would work, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it totally makes sense. Um, but I definitely think that I like... I, like the Ilani jumping the broom. That was Sal yeah. Lamone's idea. Right. They mentioned mm-hmm. it and then it was in the script when they did the wedding. Exactly. But I, I do like that Ron kind of, because Ron, that was the one moment when Ron stepped it in it on Twitter where, yeah, he kind of did double down. That was first, problematic. But then, that was... oh, yeah, no, that was 100% problematic. But even though he doubled down on it at first, he then took a second and realized he was wrong. And then I like that he kind of uh, like put that in, like put that in the show and kind of to kind of. I felt like the the scene itself was wrong, but the dialogue, I'm not too sure if it was. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it was, it was. (laughs) I, but I I love, I have been Val. I have been the girl with the natural hair where someone decides that you are. Gertie the goat at the petting zoo. And they, <laughs> like, they, no, I'm sorry, is, but I, I'm so like, I, why are, when I worked in offices, like, that was one of the main reasons why I would either like do a silk press to straighten my hair or I would wear like a weave because every time I wore braids or wore my, my, my fro or my curls like a wash and go, like anytime I wore a natural hairstyle, people decided that the workplace was a petting zoo and they were putting, trying to put their hands in my hair. And it's, I, I don't know why I, I don't, I don't know what the fascination is, but I wouldn't touch anyone's hair. So I don't understand what the fascination is. I, I, I really don't. I, I don't get like, Solange has a whole song, Don't Touch My Hair. It's a thing. I don't, I, I don't understand it. I, I it, never. Especially like, when you have, I, more so when you have natural hair. I, do, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't. I, know. I don't understand the point of people touching each other. Like, why? I, 
I, I, I, I don't that. get it. Like, and then it's like this whole, then you have to have a whole thing. I didn't think it fits so, and it, like you have to navigate the microaggressions because I didn't think it, oh my gosh, it's so soft. I did. And you're sitting like the first few times, like I was just kind of frozen. And then I got really good at like checking people and dodging and karate chop. Like, <laughs> so to kind of avoid that for a long time, when I, when I did like corporate, I did not wear my hair in natural styles. Cause it was just, it's a thing that you don't want to deal with. This is just sad to hear. Like it have, really is. So like, like and I and it better. was better because I've seen people like, um, there was a, a comment. There's a whole. Ugh, we'll talk about it later. But there's a whole thread right now on mm. the Soap Opera Central website about Paulina and the microaggressions and whoo they're out but there was one in particular where the person was like um I didn't get the whole hair touching scene I didn't understand that and I'm like you are clearly not someone who has the range for this conversation because it's a thing that black women deal with and it is it just it is what it is that was a very like real life moment Did now you- were, were you okay that they didn't actually go into the explanation on air like they they kind of cut away and by the time they came back she was like and that's why you cannot touch our hair yeah like- I I was okay with that because I feel like I, I feel like people and you can just kind of tell by the way that people are bristling at the fact that she mentioned race so it's like people are clear there are there's a lot of the audience that is clearly not open to learning anything to being you know quote unquote educated so it's like the people who are they'll probably you know do their googles or whatever <laughs> and um it was yeah i i didn't mind so much that they didn't go in depth with it cuz it's at that point it's like you you're gonna you're gonna catch the people who are open to it and you you're gonna not alienate more than you already have the people who aren't so did you I think you mentioned like did you appreciate them doing this like calling it out and then like explaining off screen but having like Julie understand why you don't touch yeah, that like I, I did I did I appreciated that and then too it's like um you know it was a very I I also liked the fact that because that's how it happens people don't necessarily quote-unquote mean to be offensive I don't think that they understand that you're literally treating me like Gertie the goat at the petting zoo (laughs) I I don't think that they really understand that you're kind of dehumanizing me when you like don't even like not that it's any less uncomfortable when you ask but like at least ask so I can tell you no but it's like at 
but people won't even they'll just reach and it's yeah so so that was like it it was that was a very real moment that was a very real thing and I I think that they handled it well and like the way Paulina she was like it's a teachable moment she was like (laughs) yeah I thought it was it was like from my personal standpoint I thought they handled it very well and this is the like Julie is very problematic, but it seems like she was open to understand. Like when she heard yeah. the, the discussion, though that was off screen, she seemed more open to it. Like I felt like when Ilani and Julie had the conversation back in 2019, it wasn't the same. Like she was, she was very defensive. Yeah, they- back then right and this time this time it helped because it also came up naturally like that felt like it was shoehorned in to address the the complaints that were made when the original scenes aired months prior this felt more natural yeah so um Um, what did we think of the whole godmother thing and Paulina making the assumption and Val's face I love her I love her Julie's face Julie was like I, I listen I think Paulina knows I think she was just I don't know I have a feeling Paulina knows that uh, she's not the godmother <laughs> yeah Definitely. Uh, I kind of yeah, I... got that feeling. But in general, those scenes, like I've said before, um, I just loved seeing the different family dynamics and just seeing them all together. That was beautiful. And they, it played out great. And um, yeah. What do we think of Theo? Dylan, will you, do you want to go start off or... I'm like, I'm liking the dynamic that that he's bringing in his scenes with Lonnie. I feel like, obviously, it's different. It's a different actor. But I feel like he's coming more, he's getting more comfortable in the role and bringing more of his interpretation to the part. Yes. And And I, I, I... I don't know how that, I feel like there was like some hesitancy and awkwardness, but I feel like that was intentional. Yes, I was going to say the the, the autism is subtle, but it's present. Like I felt it, I also felt it throughout, like him being nervous, like he's on the spectrum. When he was nervous to hold the baby, even when he hugged Lonnie, like you could feel like there was an awkwardness in that hug that made sense because of who the character of Theo is. I felt like a lot of people like in November, they were prejudging him a lot. They were like, oh, he's not right. He's not he's not remembering to add these little like. um, But. Maybe in a weird way that kind of helped him because maybe he was able to. I felt me. like he t- toned down the charm 
I don't know, quote unquote, right. tone down the charm. And like he was like the mannerisms and like his body language and it was like going it was it, it flowed naturally in these yeah. in these seasons with Lonnie and um Theo. So I felt like he didn't get enough time to do it the last time. But I also feel like maybe some of the comments maybe made him real like if he saw them made him like think okay maybe I really do need to kind of dig deeper and figure out how to do this yeah because I didn't quite get it right my first time so now he's really kind of digging in and it's not it's not as present as it was with Kyler like with Kyler he he did it where it was it was more present in the way he spoke in the way like and in in other things but with this, it's there. It doesn't have to be as in your face, but it's definitely there. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I also feel like... I also think it might not stand kind of... out in a way, like he's, what is he, like 25? Yeah. Maybe being on his own, he was able to kind of figure out a way to, bl- like, I don't know if blend it's the right word, but kind of make it, subtler so to speak yeah i i i just yeah i feel like people do kind of need to keep in mind that the way in which you might be expecting autism to quote-unquote present is not necessarily i have the way that it does for everyone and even people who have even people who are on the spectrum, their presentation can vary depending on, you know, whether they're comfortable or whether they're agitated, what, you know, so like, I, I, I just want people to be a little more open to understanding, to seeing Theo act and behave in a way that maybe is different than what they assume it should be exactly I have a relative like my cousin's son is autistic and it's way more than uh, you can tell like he's now like he's a few years younger than me and you can tell but like I felt like people like exactly what you said, though, and I feel like people have a certain expectation how Theo is supposed to behave, and everyone is not the same. And it's just like I don't know how to say this, but it... yeah, it's a it's a spectrum, and it's a spectrum yeah. for a reason because everyone's everyone's presentation is not the, the same, same. Exactly. and it's not going to necessarily match what you think it should be based on you know your own ideas because I mean it's like a lot of people have ideas that they've gotten you know based on movies or whatever and those aren't always particularly accurate because a lot of the time they're not coming from people who are on the spectrum so you're getting an outsider's view of what they think it should be 
And so I, I mean, I just, I, I just want people to be a little more open and a little more patient and just a little more accepting. I'm, I'm definitely here to see where Theo's story goes. And we all agree that Chanel is the ex-girlfriend that he uh, broke up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I, (laughs) I gotta say, I loved seeing Theo mention Mention, you should have named her Theodosia. <laughs> yeah, I'm so scared that Julie's gonna be mad at him for it too. <laughs> he I know. Listen, I love it. I hope he calls her Theodosia when she grows up. Theodosia and Stefania, they have it in for my girl. Like, <laughs> and I need Carver to tease her. <laughs> Listen, I, I I can't wait when they. Totally grew up, but anyways, I just liked seeing Theo remember that, and the writer writers remembering that as well. That was, that was like great. But in general, I, I've always loved Lonnie's dynamic with Theo. I love their sibling dynamic, and it just it was so beautiful. How his reaction when he found out that he was going to be the Godfather. Of Jules. It was so cute. It was. And he was like, uh, are you sure? Like, oh, I just love them. And I love, oh my God, that scene when Lonnie picked Jules up and like gave, gave it, to, gave her, her to Theo. Theo. And, and, and I love that Lonnie kept dropping hints like, you're going to be in Tower more for christenings, for birthdays. Like, yeah. she kept, they kept yeah. saying, Theo is back. Theo is back. Theo is back. And I'm like, yes, let him stay. I was like, he better. And I love Cameron in the role. I love yes. him. He's I love doing, him too. Like, this is maybe, like, let's see. He had, like, three episodes back in November. So this is his fourth. And he's, like, he's... I'm sold. Like, I felt like Cameron has done a, a great job. It's not exactly the same as Kyler. But it's his take on Theo. Which I, I'm really, really enjoying. I'm gonna like, be honest. I felt like I Kyler did things better, but I feel like I pref- I'm preferring Cameron in the role. I think. How do I put this? I think Cameron can kind of balance. Like with Kyler, the autism was very at the forefront of who Theo was. But that's not all that Theo is. I think Cameron's going to be able to balance the autism as a part of who Theo is, but still be able to show us the fleshed out whole character that is Theo. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, and I also feel like with, with Kyler, we were getting an introduction. It, it's sort of like his aut- Theo's autism was his defining it was his identity mm. and now we they've done that story where they have you know given us that view of him and explained how that impacts his life and impacts his relationships and the people around him and so there's an understanding with the audience as to how that part of who he is you know kind of relates to his character and now we can explore 
other things. So it does not have to be the beginning, middle, and end of Theo Carver. Yeah, I felt like Kyler, he was amazing too, but I'm just like preferring, I think so far what I've seen, I'm kind of preferring Cameron in the role, but both are amazing actors. So yeah, I I could understand why. I'm just curious how, what Theo's story might be aside from being a triangle and with Ilani, maybe. I'm just here. I'm here for it. I want to see more of Theo. Like, will he, what was he working? Like, he was in South Africa, but he was working to what it was JJ and Theo working on or working at. I want to see him, like, with, I want to see how he relate. I want to see how camp, how his dynamic is with Chad now that there's a different actor. I want to, I want to see. We saw a few scenes um, back in November. Yeah. Uh, yeah I want them to you know like expand on that I want to see him with Anna I want to see him because he is a Demera so do you want to see him in Demera businesses no 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 no. uh, my question was what was he doing JJ and and Theo were working together I'm assuming because he mentioned something in November what were they doing exactly I don't know I can't remember I'm gonna have to look that up yeah, I have to look that up. What were they doing with what? What with when Theo was working for Demara? No, Theo and JJ were working. Both were in South Africa. I, I think it has something to do with like helping people because JJ's like a, a medic training, and and Theo is like using his computer skills. I think to like help. Okay. Help them. Because I don't know what what interest what would be interesting to see do aside like I'm not talking with his family I'm not talking in relationship I'm talking individually what would you like to see um honestly I think I for Theo like I would love to see him stay in like the tech support role of his like I just I love seeing computer notes on TV it's just a thing I love yeah so like, I would love I to see know, maybe he could be like the Spinelli for yes Sean yes he could he could work at Black Patch he could either work at Black Patch he could work at the mm, yes and then like we've been mentioning we've been mentioning on Twitter a lot of fans like speci- especially Jarlena and Elena Elena and the Lonnie fans have been mentioning like how they forget that Abe and John are great friends and like it goes back like John and Roman are Theo's godfathers yeah exactly so having uh, Theo work for Black Patch that could make like the families interact more again you know but I would I I am for all for Theo being the Spinelli of Salem, like in Salem, you know that is that is a great idea. Um, uh, what else would you like to see? Um, I'm really interested to see him and Claire because I did like their chemistry when he was here in November. So I'm really interested to kind of see 
where they go and what they do with them. And other than that, I'm just here to have the Carver family expanded, like to have Abe have some actual I wish we would family focus as well. I know. I wish they'd bring Brandon. Please. I I would love for them to bring Brandon back. Listen, if Brandon, oh, that could be imagine if they brought Brandon back and paired him with Gabby. Especially since, like, that would give them somewhere else to play Nicole because it, I, I just I feel like they don't have anything for her, and it's all right. Uh, yeah, we I keep forgetting that, like, Nicole has a place, like, she her family, her she has her, like, the Eric's family, but she's yeah, she has person. she has family. She has, uh, but they're not playing it. None of it. <laughs> none of it. And I'm Abe just, was yeah. kind of a, a father figure for her. Yeah, and they're not. They're barely playing that either. And we're not seeing Lonnie and Nicole acknowledge that they share a sibling. So uh, yeah, it's like Nicole is in Rafeland and only in Rafeland. Yeah, and yeah, that's basically it, and that's sad. And I feel like that's because they don't know what to do with her without Eric on the canvas. But it's like Nicole is her. Nicole has technically been on the canvas longer than Eric. Right? And she has all this history and all of these connections, and they're not doing anything with any of it. Makes no sense. But back to. I also loved seeing, I think I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but Val and Eli at the pub. That was beautiful. Oh, that was so sweet. Val's, Val um, impersonating Julie. I was <laughs> dying. <laughs> dying. I loved it. And I just, like all of these dynamics, as I've mentioned, they were great to see on screen. Uh, I loved seeing uh, Valerie, like, imitate julie that was fun <laughs> it was weird because one thing it was weird not the scene itself but uh valerie and eli were inside the pub and we had roman and gabby outside the pub like uh, yeah oh my god but was that the that wasn't the same that wasn't the same day though was it wasn't roman it was gabby the same day yeah. it was exact same day. Yeah, but yeah, that, was that was like weird. on that was like on New Year's okay, Eve. Well, we, had- we can pivot into Gabby, I assume now. No, we'll we'll pivot. We'll pivot. I have that toward the end because I completely okay. forgot about it. Um, but you know what? Screw it. We'll move it around. <laughs> we are free flowing it today, so we will move into that random as hell. Uh. Roman Gabby Look, if they're not if that is not set up for Roman and Kate reuniting I'm I'm going to be emailing somebody please I, because it was, it was <laughs> so otherwise random. it makes no sense but we should also probably discuss the Kate the the Jake and Kate and Gabby thing that preceded that conversation because I am so done with insecure Kate I'm so done with it. I could scream. Kate is not this insecure. Ever. Ever. Like, just stop it, please. <sighs> I, and then, I, go ahead. Sorry. 
the Roman and Gabby scenes, they were random as fuck. But they, they I, were random, I actually but they didn't mind them. I thought that was great. No, I didn't and, mind it either. It was just so strange. The only thing that took me out is like his daughter's in jail and he's chatting it up with Gabby. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't mind. Like, I actually can see why Roman defended Kate. Like, it made sense. And props to him, because he's he he is actually recently, because, like, if you look at Steve, like, when whenever, like, Steve is the capital of bad-mouthing women, and, like, nobody says shit to him when he does that. But Gabby bad-mouths Kate, and Roman shut it down real quick. So I was proud of him for that. Yeah, I thought they had, like, he just, he has, like, good dad energy. You know, <laughs> he, yeah. he has, he has like, he has really good dad vibes. And I, I felt that kind of thing going through their scenes and, and it makes sense because of Ariana and, you know, so there is like a, a family connection there. I don't know. I'm just, look, all I'm saying is when he was like, Kate could do better. I'm like, yes, you're better. Go get her. <laughs> so, I mean, if if that's not where they're going with this, I just they've got to give me something. Please. Give me Broy, give me Lumi, give me Kane Rum, give me oh please give, give me, me some. Listen, I listen, give me Lumi, give me give me Lumi. But um, what did we think of the Jake and Gabby scene? That Gabby went to Jake and told her what ha- told him what happened with Gwen, and then the rejection for the millionth time. Like, do we care? Honestly. I don't care. I'm over her ha- letting him treat her like trash. Like, I, yeah, I'm I'm over that. I I don't need to see any more of that. So, like, I I I guess right now what they're doing is is Gabby's going to quote unquote give up, and then I think Jake's going to realize oh crap I really do want her and he's going to be the one doing the chasing but it's like at this point dude you you're gonna have to grovel grovel because you've been sort of awful and yeah I'm just like at this point I just I feel like both Kate and Gabby deserve better and I yeah I don't understand what Kate and Gabby see in um, Jake, and I hope I know stabby shippers. There's stabby shippers out there who want eventually want. At this point, I, I don't even know I, if they're stabby shippers or just shippers of Brandon and Camila's chemistry. I think I, I can't speak for them because I'm not a fan of Gabriella, but like. Personally, for me, I hope this is a closing chapter of Jake and Gabby. I don't think they're a good pairing in my Well, opinion. I can and, already uh, tell you it's not because they're going to... They're going to put it back to them, I know. But yeah, I think Gabby deserves better. I th- I don't understand what, Jake, uh, what Kate sees in Jake either. This is just not making any sense to me. But that's all I got about I, that. I, I know that they're going to go back and I know that they are the I know that they're the you know the I know that Jake and Gabby as a couple is where the story is going to end 
I just need them to have him put in a lot of work for them to get there because he he has not been that great to her and I don't like Gabby may not be like my ultimate favorite character but I don't want to see her settling for someone who has not treated her as well as she should be treated and I I know that even though this is where they're going to end I don't want to see Kate like completely devalued and diminished on their way there either so it's like really I'm team woman here in this story like please be respectful of and take care of your female characters in this tale because a lot of us are attached to both of these women and want them to be we just met Jake like no shade like you know no 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 hate to Brandon no no shade to Jake I know he's got his like no shade but we have known Kate and Gabby for a very long time and our I, I think for the audience a lot of our investment is in making sure that both of these women are okay at the end of this and neither of their characters are damaged or diminished so like just just keep that in mind (laughs) as we get to wherever it is we're going and I just I almost wish that Jake was chasing Gabby instead of Gabby chasing Jake like I think that's where they're gonna pivot to but it's like they need to pivot there quickly because if it were me this is probably what I would have done. I would have done the scene where she came in, expect, you know, and, and and walks in and sees Kate and Jake in bed together. Like when she had that little pop in visit uh, before Thanksgiving, that was fine. When she came back, however, I would have come back on the arm of Lee Shin. Right. Can and then come back either way, because he's I- Yes, I like I like him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, perfectly. But like, she should have ha- she should have come back on the arm of some fabulous man, and Jake is seething with right. jealousy, and then Jake proceeds to chase her because their entire relationship, Gabby has always been the one chasing Jake first because she thought he was Stefan, and now because of how she feels about him. And it's just not a good look to constantly have her being rejected. And I just need a pivot point. Yeah. Yeah, I just, and then I wish with the whole Jake and Kate thing, I wish they hadn't gone the this is true love, true love route. I wish they never even put them together. Like, But it's like, if they were going to do it, I wish it could have been more along the lines of we're friends. Friends with benefits, scratching an itch. That was basically all they ever needed to be. The minute they made Jake and Kate this undying relationship and turned Kate into this insecure mess of a woman, I'm just like, no. Yeah, I I don't want to see, like, I know you guys talked about it, like, you guys want Jake to chase Gabby, but I just don't care about anything Jake-related. I think he's a waste of character. 
waste of Brandon's talents, in my opinion. And it's funny because Brandon loves to play Jake. He prefers I Jake know. over Stefan. I can see why he does. To be honest, Stefan has a lot of baggage. Yeah, Stefan's a hard character to, to but, yeah. I mean, let's, I feel- let's be honest. He was pretty much the thing is people dead in the water until that recast because yeah. oh, 100% like I, I feel like it, it was it was Brandon's recast that saved that character because had Tyler been the one to have de- like if it was Tyler in the role when Stefan died nobody would have given a shit right I felt like uh, exactly like you guys are saying Brandon saved the character I felt like Stefan could have Stefan is more complex than Jake I'd say uh, the thing is I think they could have kept him kept Stefan and have him as the bad Demera you know like they could have had either have him acknowledge what he had done was bad and horrible but still kept him as a bad like evil not evil but you know the bad Demera you know like that an dynamic. Type. Huh? Like an EJ type? Yeah. So I I feel like having Jake is kind of pointless because we know nothing about Jake either. Uh they haven't developed him and just like pivoting back to Jake and Gabby is not gonna do much for me because Jake is basically a throwaway character. If you if he leaves tomorrow, he will it won't make a big impact on Canvas, you know. True. Yeah. No. I mean, I think I think I'll I mean I'll miss him because I'll miss Brandon. But they they do need to do better at like establishing who Jake is. And Jake yeah. has only ever been tied to a woman. First, it was Gwen. Then it was Gabby. Now it's Kate. Who is Jake on his own? Exactly. So, um, um, I'm not quite sure where to pivot to (laughs) from here. Um, So, we will use Roman as a pivot point. You were discussing him earlier. And we will pivot to the Charlie murder stuff. Uh, Sammy is not really doing a very good job here of uh, defending herself. Uh, Belle is doing the best that she can to try to save her sister, but she's not making it very easy. Sammy and it doesn't is- make sense. Like, look, we all know that's look we all know that if sammy tells you water is wet you better double check just to make sure yeah <laughs> but let me just get let me just get through my little recap here let me okay think. sorry yeah. no no that's fine um let's see bella's doing the best she can to save her sister though she isn't making it very easy sammy convinces bell to stay as her lawyer despite having lied about her fingerprints being on the gun however when it comes out that sammy also has gunshot residue on her clothes after sammy claimed to have never shot the gun that's the last straw for bell and Sammy is now left to fight on her own. Allie is worried about her mom and feels responsible for the mess she's in. Do we think there is more to her guilt than meets the eye? Tripp tells Allie and Lucas about the things Charlie said about Henry and the threats he made against Tripp. Tripp again tells Allie he wants to 
to help her and asks if they can take Henry to see Ava to cheer her up. She's apparently been sad that Charlie is dead, though that's not exactly what she tells Rafe when he tells her about Sammy's arrest. Ava seemed shocked that the person arrested was female. Who did she see at Charlie's that night? Do we think it was John or do we think it was Trip? Where do we want to jump in? I think it would have been, I, I feel like if she saw anyone, maybe it was Trip because I don't see her covering for anyone else. I mean, she and John used to be a thing. So I don't know if that would play into that or if they would even acknowledge that because she did date Robo John. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think that is, a I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to go that deep, honestly, but it was just very interesting to me that she was shocked that the person that was arrested was a she. Yeah, I think she is, might be covering either like covering for herself or for Trip. I, I still say she, she was expecting the person to be arrested was male. So she, we know from the promo, which I don't know if you guys saw it because it's the extended, but when Gabby and Ava clash next week, it's going to be because Gabby saw Ava sneaking out the night of Charlie's murder. Oh. Oh, that's that's why I don't think she was shocked that is was a female. No, she was because she literally said. I mean, I mean, not because I don't know. I don't think it's. I think she's more like shocked that they arrested a, a woman more so right but is it i think it's because she was expecting the person to be arrested to be male because she saw something that night the question is what did she see yeah i i just feel like the only i mean i i guess maybe she'd be quiet about john but i feel like really the only people that she'd like extend herself for as far as guys go trip and steve Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe she saw Steve there that night. We don't really know what Tripp and Steve did after Charlie threatened them. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see where that pivots. I will say I'm liking Rafe and Ava more and more. Right. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying fine. to ride that out and see where it goes. Because she is so his type. What Rafe Rafe likes to 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 play Captain Sabon. So it it it's it is definitely playing into his instincts, her situation, and then having Ava talk about wanting to be a better person so that she, you know, doesn't disappoint Trip so that she can des- you know, quote unquote deserve him. That and I, I can see if that's her motivation and then she also has you know eternal good guy Rafe in her corner I can I can see that happening I can see it and I can too it's going to be very interesting like Tamara and Galen have chemistry together and like this is the first person that Galen has had chemistry with since Allie for me Allie Sweeney yeah um so I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Um, I could be here for a redeemed Ava if redeemed Ava can still be a schemer. 
like redeem her psychotic tendencies but make her a schemer um it's gonna be interesting because like i i keep jumping ahead and i'm i'm trying not to do that but it's like rafe's problem has always been sort of the whole brady Kristen dilemma he, he, he has a captain save a hope complex he he gets these women that have these uh, we'll call them impulses <laughs> they have these impulses to not necessarily always do the right thing self-destructive impulses shall we call them <laughs> and he likes to try to re i guess rebuild them you know rehab them yeah that's kind of and and when they go back and when they do what it is they do because that's who they are he gets all judgmental and disappointed and I don't feel like that would be wise to do with Ava (laughs) but also too like he had a lot higher of a ground to stand on when he first came in and he was the do-gooder FBI agent like and he actually was the good guy that he claims to be the guy who hid Stefano's body for hope and lied to protect his sister has no room to judge anybody on anything they do ever this is true but he also has a stunning lack of self-awareness sometimes (laughs) so yeah I'm just I'm interested to see where it's going and I'm open to it because like you said Tamara and Gaylis the way he talks to Sammy now makes me want to punch him in the face Mm, see repeatedly (laughs) repeatedly like just just I mean Belle is allowed to have as you say smoke with Sammy after everything that Sammy has put through so Belle giving her attitude through all of this makes complete and total sense Rafe acting like the smug asshole in these scenes just makes me want to punch him. And it's weird because like, first of all, dude, it was Charlie. And second of all, (laughs) like, and second of all, it's Sammy. So like, bring it down some notches, okay? I will say the Sammy Bell scenes were probably my other favorite of the week. Because Belle constantly calls Sammy on her shit, and it's amazing. I love their dynamic on screen. Like, I love seeing Belle call Sammy out, and Sammy being Sammy, hurricane Sammy. I just, it, I've adored them since, like, ever since they've aged Belle, like, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Even she, like, she and Kirsten had a great dynamic too. Yeah, Although they that, did. That was they have played the more adversarial route with Martha and and Allie in the role, but they with- did because actual Belle, like under Martha, was basically an adult. But I felt like they've always kept this consistent with Belle and Sammy. Like Belle yeah. back in the day, at least under. At least under under Ron, like Ron has mm. always kept them. Yeah, that's true. Adversarial. But I've always loved watching Belle and Sammy since, like, they haven't been uh, like aged. Like since Belle has been aged, I've always loved seeing them. Like for twenty yeah. years now. Oh, it, yeah. It's one of my like the final scene between Kirsten 
Kristen and Allie as as uh, as you know as Kirsten getting ready to leave the final scene with Sammy and Belle with Kirsten in the role when they just had ice cream and talked about their relationship problems. Like that's probably one of my favorite Sammy Belle scenes ever. Yeah, they've I've always like liked seeing Belle like be, being the person who calls her out, like as in now under Martha that is. Um, so it has stayed consistent, and I think it's great. Um, but like Belle still has that uncondi- unconditional love for Sammy. Yeah, she will- it's it's nice because, and Belle's like the one person that Sammy will kind of let call her out without going completely nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love that Sammy's like, I get it. I'm awful, but we're family. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I get that you hate me. You don't even have to like me, but I need your help. Yes. But I don't understand. Here's, here's, and going back to what I think, Dylan, you were going to say before, Sammy's not thinking clearly. So obviously she's protecting somebody. Right. And we're going to find out who next week. But like, you know, you shot the gun. You know, they're going to do the GSR test. So like, why are you lying? This is that's what I don't get. She's protecting someone. And I think that someone might be Allie. I think she thinks that she's protecting Allie. Does she see? Here's my queers. Or John. (laughs) Here's my thing, though. Uh, well, I had originally thought maybe Lucas too, but after the scene in the promo where she's like, will you keep my secret? It's obviously not Lucas related. Because I thought that maybe because Lucas is the one who told her and she hopped on a plane and when she got there and she saw that Charlie was dead, uh, that maybe she thought that Lucas beat her to it. No, I just, it's weird because like, look, like I was saying, it's like I said earlier, we, Sammy lies. We know this. If Sammy tells you water is wet, you're, you're going to have to double check to make sure that water is indeed wet. But she doesn't, she's not, she doesn't she's lie for no stupid. reason. He's a smart liar. Exactly. And it's like, if she's, she's gonna gonna known. Lie, it's, not, it's not something that can easily be disproven five seconds after it comes out of her mouth. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like she would have had a story to explain. Like she's she's the flying guy. by the seat of her pants and it shows. It just it's it's but, really weird for Sammy, which makes and I she's think, panicking. Yeah, oh, she's absolutely in panic mode. And I think she's so afraid that Bella's gonna walk because of what she did that she's afraid to tell her the truth. Yeah. But I think she I think the reason why Sammy might be afraid to tell Belle something is because Sammy might have seen or is covering for John. Yeah, oh, that could be. It's definitely... She, she might be protecting Belle and protecting by her covering for John. I don't know. I'm just like... That's true. Because if she were protecting, if she were protecting Allie, I think she would talk to Belle about it. Because Belle would get it mother to mother. Exactly. Because Belle was this close to getting, I mean, Belle was this close to getting Claire out of Salem when she thought 
that Claire might have blew up Ben Sierra's wedding. So yeah. she understands the desperation of wanting to protect your child. So if she were protecting Allie, I don't think she would hide that from Belle. Yeah, so maybe the John thing might be why Sammy is like being quiet and like lying through her teeth. So I'm going to be really interested to see Same. where those scenes go next week. Now, how did you feel with the Allie and Lucas scene and Allie feeling very guilty for everything? Like, do you think that she just feels guilty because Charlie was her rapist and she feels like Sammy did this because she's trying to avenge what happened to her? Or do you think her guilt might be a little bit deeper than that? I think they want us to suspect that it's deeper, but I don't really know that it, it I, I don't really think that it is. I think that, I think that Sammy and Allie, by virtue of being the two, like, quote unquote, obvious choices are probably the two people who absolutely didn't do this. So, um, yeah. But I do think that at some point, someone is going to think that she did. Mm. And I, I just, I feel, I feel uh, a Bianca Montgomery moment coming with the whole, <laughs> where like basically the whole town was in on the Michael Canvius murder cover up to protect Bianca. I feel, I, I, I feel like Allie is going to be our, Bianca in this situation and there's probably going to be more than one person covering for what they think she did well I think Allie is going to end up either Kate or Allie or both are going to end up moving into suspect number one because it's going to come out next week with the gun that killed Charlie was Kate's gun and we already know that Allie tried to use Kate's gun on trip right so it's going to be very interesting to see where that pivots to how did we feel about Allie and Trip taking Henry to go see Ava? Why? I like, didn't, I the, didn't hate the scene as much. I mean, as the I scenes I didn't play play out as bad as I thought thought they would. Oh yeah, because soap opera digest completely missed the mark in how they described them. But that's yeah. New. Um, maybe a scene was cut. By the way, in between like trip wanting her to go to I don't know I felt like something might have been cut but anyway uh I just I don't know I just felt like the moment trip showed up in that scene with um Lucas and Ali I was like why was going so well I don't I don't actually hate trip but like going from who he was from uh, like a few months ago till this to this loving character makes it, no sense. It's it's such a, a weird abrupt turnaround. Yeah. Which I mean, it's I throwing I, me off. I like that he's trying to like be like. I think I kind of like that he's trying to. I like that he doesn't hold a grudge against Allie for what she did. I like that he can see that she didn't do it on purpose. And I think it would play a lot easier for me 
that he cares about this child if he didn't spend the last six months pretending this child didn't exist. Yeah. And then just like as a mother, it is weird to me that Allie would be so open to having her child around someone who was so, let's face it, Ava was abusive Mm. to Charlie. So I, that's weird to me that she'd be so like, oh yeah, sure, let's go. (laughs) It's also weird because Ava is, like herself, is a rapist. And she is mention and like that's just i don't know i just it just optics oh no i'm not i wasn't feeling it and i hope that that is it for i hope so the lack of conflict was odd to me because i the lack of conflict and hesitation because i don't feel like that's I, I don't well like I don't think realistic. I don't think Allie I don't think that tr- that Ava is gonna have much conflict with Allie because she feels guilty because of what she did to Charlie and I don't think and I think that Allie feels so much guilt over what she almost did to trip that I don't I don't really think she's you know and Ava stopped her from doing that and I think she's just happy that Ava's not holding a grudge on the fact that she didn't like over what she almost you know over what she almost did. Like there's a lot that's not being addressed that should be. It's just it it can't it was a little too happy family for everything that's going on under the surface. But it also felt awkward too which kind of makes sense given everything. I just hope that they don't try to make this into a new family unit that we don't need. Yeah. And like, I, 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 I don't need to see Ava and Sammy as dueling grandmothers. Like, I don't, I don't need to see that. So like, yeah, no. It's going to be interesting to see where this all ends up but we've basically talked about everything except one story uh this wasn't supposed to be the last thing on the docket but here we are um sierra is desperate to get out and save ben from evan who is lying in wait to kill him at his apartment she manages to get a message to ben who's at the police station trying to track evan down with sean Sierra manages to break a pipe and attempts to use it to break the glass, but she releases gas into the room and causes an explosion. Meanwhile, at the police station, Ben is rapidly losing his patience and calls Evan, but Sean stops him before he can say anything. They trace the call and realize Evan is at Ben's place. Over at Ben's place, Evan is spooked by the call, goes to leave, and Claire shows up, so he takes her hostage. Claire gets him to admit Sierra is alive and that he has her. She tries to convince Evan not to kill her, but he won't listen. Sean and Ben show up. Claire manages to get away from Evan, and then Sean fights Evan for the gun. It goes off, and he gets shot in the leg. Ben takes Evan at gunpoint off to find Sierra. By the time they get there, the room has exploded, and Ben has to search through the rubble to find her. He does and brings her to the hospital, where Sean, Belle, and Claire are having some adorable, cute family time. And I'm so bitter that that one Sean and Belle scene that was previewed in Soap Opera Digest got cut. 
Just going to put that, that out there. Where do we want to start? In fact, I think I'm probably going to start this off and get my fangirling out of the way because I know you two have a completely different take on this story. But I have to say, I really enjoyed this. Um, I know a lot of people find the psychic connection between Ben and Sierra cheesy, whatever. I loved it. I loved the fact that he was able to sense her and feel her and hear her. Like that moment made me scream. I love the fact that he could feel that he was in danger. I love like the fact that he wasn't waiting. Like once they got to Evan, he like grabbed Evan, off they went. I And I loved all of the moments of once Ben found Sierra and he was holding her and like trying to get her to breathe. The, the moment he said the Romeo and Juliet dialogue had me crying. Then the moment that he started breathing, like she started breathing and he's like, oh, thank God. And then when Evan came to and tried to kill, like, and was getting ready to kill them and Ben was just like willing to, willing to die right next to her. And the last thing he said was, I love you. And then just before the gun goes off, Evan, like a beam comes down and just knocks Evan out. Like I loved all of that. I also loved that Claire fought for herself like she managed to like elbow her way out like I kind of just loved everything about this it all kind of worked for me I was very happy I'm happy you were happy <laughs> I know you don't feel the same so go ahead somebody no. jump in it was not okay go ahead Dylan I'll um... go last <laughs> I, okay, <laughs> like, no, it was not as, like, it wasn't, like, just terrible, terrible, bad, awful, but there were definitely things that I was, like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like, uh, this, he stopped doing CPR to recite Romeo and Juliet. Really? I think really, really. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting that out there. I was so wrapped up in it. I, I didn't even. I didn't even think he of that. Stops. He's literally doing chest but, compressions, and then he he he, he did chest compressions. He he did the rescue breath, and then and then, he, then he's I, and then he recites from it. Like really. This is what we're doing right here, right now, in this moment. Oh, okay. Bye. Okay. I will say, I kept wishing for knowing, knowing what we know is coming. I kept wishing for one moment where she woke up and at least recognized him, and they kind of had a moment together, even if she passed back out five seconds later. Knowing that next week that she wakes up and that she doesn't recognize who she, who he is, like. I just, I needed them to have one more moment before that next story starts, but we didn't really get that. And that kind of made me a little unhappy, but I was so happy with the rest of it. I kind of let that go. Yeah. Like my, honestly, my only problems with it was like when, when they went over the top with the cheese in certain situations like Evan giving a whole Bond villain monologue 
recap review like why 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 with, with claire or with yeah, ben? with <laughs> like for why sir with claire like we got like this whole chapter and verse like this is how it happened this is why it, like i i don't like it when when bond villains do it i, I didn't like it when evan did it's stupid just shoot her like it's <laughs> it's stupid and and this is not supposed to be someone who's stupid so like i just, well, um i, I don't my, it, i mean it's a it's a it's a plot device and I, but I let's not say Evan it is for what smartest. it is. I just don't like it. I yes, but like Evan it. is not the Evan is not the smartest toolbox tool in the in the box. Let's just let's just put it out there. He's dumb. He's always been dumb. So him doing something dumb isn't exactly unexpected because he's. I mean, granted, he's a lot smarter now than he was the first time we saw him. Yeah, but that's not saying much. And it's just like I I I I didn't need that. I just. I did like Claire saying, um, Sierra hates me. So if you were to kill me, she would literally throw a party. Right. Um, so can I? Yep, jump in. I have. Listen, I almost fell asleep during these scenes because I felt like, especially in that aquarium, the drive through, I don't know what it is, but it looked like like a drive-through, like aquarium, but whole that whole glass box thing, those scenes played off weirdly for me because as soon I would have, like if I was writing this, I would have Ben pick her up and like just going out there immediately whether like I, 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 there was no urgency after he found Sierra, he was like sitting there, like sure he did CPR, but like just take her out and take her immediately to the hospital, which there as well was no urgency. He was just like yeah, there was something weird there. Slowly I- walking in with her, and there was no one, like no hospital staff reacting, and like dude, well, I, I'm gonna. I'm going to blame that on COVID and the lack of Yeah, I, I, I get I, I get it, but someone should have reacted aside from Claire. But and- that that whole scene was weird because that, I think, is where the cut scene with Sean and Belle was supposed to go but because I, even Claire yeah. coming out and calling Ben was weird because she was crying I, and I'm like, it didn't make any sense. I also appreciate like you guys know that I wanted Sierra to save herself. Uh, and like she tried I mean I'm getting there I'm getting there I wanted her to like break out like she did with Rhodes I was like yes finally run bitch run and then she went back in and I knew from that point that Ben would eventually rescue her I turned out to be right about that but I appreciated her trying to break free one last time but the way she did it with not like covering herself when she noticed that it was a gas leak. Okay, was- can we just stop for a second? I I don't know where. Listen, I don't know Sierra's life. I don't I don't know where she's. I don't I don't know what kind of situation she's found herself in. She has been. But when I see a pipe, it's it's a pipe. 
in a house, there's going to be two things. It's going to be water or it's going to be gas. Why are we breaking the pipe? I mean, she, she acknowledged that's the only she, thing she had. She like, had, what else she she it's had to be water said, or it's going to be gas. I don't understand why she in wasn't. A room. When she noticed that there was like a gas leak, she should have covered, I don't know, like covered her mouth or something. Because, you know. And again, you're I'm either sorry, going to be was... filling the room up with water or you're going yeah. to be filling the room up with gas. And I'm sorry, that wouldn't. It's not, bra- I get desperation. It's, I mean, come on, sis. These, I will small. say, I, I also appreciate, I also appreciated like the, the little touch and dialogue. She's like, come on, you tried this 500 times and it didn't work. But she's like, well, we'll try it one but more she time. Barely, I do like, like, she just like, I mean, come on. She could have broken out of that glass box. It looked breakable. Just, well, that's because Dave has no budget and they're cheap, but it wasn't. No, no, no I mean, they wanted, no, that's not the point. They wanted her, Ben to rescue her. She could have broken out that out of that glass box all by herself, but they didn't want her to do it on her own. And that's majorly disappointing to me. And having Ben come there and this, those, those scenes it played out so underwhelming because they were literally Ben and Evan were fighting. Ben did some CPR. He recited some Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, dude, get her out of there. Not only that, there. he turns his back on Evan and Evan doesn't cave his head in. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just. I'm sorry, the scenes with Ben and Evan made me laugh because. <clears throat> he literally <laughs> turns his. I'm sorry. What is his name? Brock. <sighs> Yeah, Brock. He sounded like a cartoon villain. Um, uh, with Claire and with Ben and Sierra. Oh Lord! <laughs> and what, what was but that I, that fell on him? That was hilarious. It was. It was a beam. It was hilarious. I loved that. I think that when was my mom and I Jordan's little fu. Yeah, I was just. Gonna, I was just gonna say when when my mom because my mom and I watched Friday Live and my mom's like, well, that was Jordan. I said, finally, she I does just, something right. I just think these scenes wouldn't. I, mean, I wasn't like, supposed I... to laugh, but I was laughing my ass off when Evan started going off. That it was bad. I mean, like I, I, I know I sound like super duper negative, and it's it's not that because I, like I didn't loathe them you know what I mean like I didn't outright out and out hate them it was just like little things here well not little it was just things here and there that kind that, of took you out that, it makes sense yeah. I mean, yeah they didn't bother me but I was just so happy that they were together but it honestly like nothing was gonna ruin I that think, for me um Like we've seen Sierra and Ben rescue each other quite a few times, a lot of times, these past few years, and uh, I think this is probably the worst they've had. Uh, I oh, prefer- I don't think so. I I know, but um, from my own point of view, 
I think the first rescue they've had was their best one. It played out better because of the urgency. That wasn't appear. Yeah, apparent. but I will say both both cabin rescues were better than this. I'll give you that. Because there was no like real urgency. Yeah, sure, COVID and all of that, but you can still have some type of urgency. You don't sit there with someone you think might be dying or like is in grave danger. You don't sit there and I recite. Think, honestly, I think in that moment he was just so relieved. Yeah, I get it, was- but they, he should have like taken her out immediately. What if he, what if something else happened and both of them, yeah, he wants, he wouldn't care if both of them died together, if that, if it would come to that. But when you're not hurt, take the loved one that you finally found after eight months or how many months later. Take her out of there and get her to safety. Get her to hospital. I also think he was out. like he was like taking a minute too because like every time he could have. I think the I think the gas also too might have still been in that room and been making him tired because every time we would go back there, like as he was pulling the debris, he was just getting weaker and weaker and and, and more that's tired. Why he could have taken her out. That's my point. He was strong enough but, to carry her. That's my point. He could have carried her out, and that's it. Yeah, because he's he's also gonna collapse on Tuesday. So I think I, I think the gas in the room too might have like he just kinda might have needed That's why he shouldn't have to, spent like, too much time in that room. I because, get what you're saying, but I also feel like too like he needed a minute just to kind yeah, of I age, get it. Like, I every- get it. Like I understand why he wanted like just a minute to like, oh Sierra, you you're alive, blah, 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 or not alive, he he always thought that she was alive felt it and all of that but instead of wasting time he should have gotten that gotten her out of there and the lack of urgency just took me right out um and then there's one thing that also bothered me why is a civilian following a police (laughs) officer around that that my literal note here is Ben not waiting for backup. My eyes could not roll to the back of my head. Anymore. Okay, but what what man searching for their wife would wait for backup? John, yeah, when John but he's not out- even supposed to be a lot. Like this takes me out a lot when there's a rescue scenes. Not just Ben the Sierra, but in general. No, I know. Civilians are not he- supposed to follow police around. That is not how it works. You can okay. Well, number one, television. Number two, I know, I know, but this was also happening at his apartment. Like, literally, Evan was at his apartment. You don't think Ben was going to go to his apartment? I get that, but I also think, like, let the police do their job and then. Yeah, like, but what man in Salem is going to do that, though? That's the thing. He's, that's he's the thing that bothers me. Yeah, I get that. But I, I, I get that it bothers him. you, but you, it's I just, just kind of something you have to let go of. Yeah, but it just bothers me in general. That is not a Ben thing. That is a show thing. Oh, no, I get what you're saying. It's just it's just a complaint that, I like, you just, I, for me, I, you just kind of have to roll with it because it's so Yeah, I guess. But it's I just, mean, it's like, okay, I get him leaving right then. But in between leaving then and getting to, you know, wherever the glass box is, we've called no one, we've gotten no help. We've, 
we're still on our own. We're dolo. And you don't know if when you get there, he's got 20, for all you know, he's got 20 other people guarding the spot. So as much as people were calling lack of backup for Ilani. Right. This is a situation where, you know, rub two brain cells together and it makes more sense than not to, and had you had some backup, you know, things might've gone a little smoother. Exactly. So I felt <laughs> well, like- Also, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly know where he was going. I mean, Either. I don't mean that scene in, in general. I mean, I meant like the Sean, Evan, Claire, and Ben scene. Okay. Same issue with, I'm not talking about that same scene. I'm talking about those scenes. Like, they don't have a okay. backup. I was, and they were yeah, on their I don't know way. why Sean. Yeah, it's like he doesn't. Yeah, know I don't know why going, Sean so does he call for backup. Like, if you're Evan, like why they, would you lead him to Sierra? Why, why would you trust that he's going to lead you there? Exactly. I, I <laughs> like, I get I'm, it. This is your couple and you've been waiting on like the, the climax of the story. So you're like, you're going to be super happy regardless. It's just that there were, and like I said, it's just li- things like that that just kind of took me out where I'm just like, okay, plot hole. Okay. This yeah. Sense. Oh. I, a lot of things took me out between the rescue and the like. Uh, I mean, like, for example, Evan's whole thing was, I want to kill Ben Weston. I want to kill Ben Weston. Well, you're in a room where no one knows where you are, and Ben Weston just turned his back on you. And yeah. nothing. Yep. So, like, I, stuff like that. Like, I just, I mean, I There should have been a, I know, Cause, COVID. Because I, I think Evan is a coward and wouldn't actually have done it. Because, like, think, he had the gun on Ben and Sierra, like, for, you should what, shot him. five Sorry. minutes before? Like, give but me like, some he, urgency. Give me some drama. If this is supposed to be, like, a, a big moment. It didn't play out that way at all. It was really underwhelming. And I can I can put my bias and opinions aside if it is a good scene, a good story. Uh, but this is not a type, the type of big moment you've been waiting for. Like, aside yeah, also from fans waiting for it. I wish we would have. I wish we would have seen the explosion, but because of COVID, I get why we didn't. I get it yeah. too, but like... It, but it, I really, like, I was expecting Ben to see her passed out on the floor. And then when they open up the door to go in there, that's when the room would have exploded. And then I would have expected him to have a flashback to the car explosion while he's trying to find her. That's what I was expecting. And I was kind of a little disappointed we didn't get that. You know, like, what I ha- get why we didn't get that, but that's what I wanted. What I think, I've seen some tweets about this, and I actually agree. This should have played out more as a mystery. Is she or is she, isn't she alive? They should have kept that going instead of showing us Sierra being alive in a glass box. Because, like, that moment that you've been waiting for is Ben being right. Like, seeing her alive instead of having her try to. You know what I'm saying? Like, there should have been a mystery leading up to 
the audience and Ben finding out she's alive. Well, I like the fact that we knew, like... Yeah, I, I get like, that, but I think that it would have played much better if we didn't know, like, we didn't see it, but Ben always feeling it. That could have made the connection more organic and natural than the way it played out, in my opinion. So I agree with that person on tw Twitter who's been saying it. It would have been more interesting to see even as, as a non-fan of this ship. I don't know. It just it, it, it played out very underwhelming, especially those scenes in the box. Um, I think that's about it for me. On the, I, th I, I do appreciate Sierra fighting back and I also loved seeing Claire like elbowing. Yeah, I, I, oh, I that loved that great. Claire fought back and I loved the little like Sean Bell Claire family scene that we got because we never get scenes with her with both of her parents. It's always right. just with one. It's been. I don't think she's had a scene with both of her parents since their wedding. No, she has. I think back with both of them. Wait, no, never mind. I was no. I, about there's her. been scenes of them talking about her, but I don't. I, yeah, I don't. Right, Belle and Sean have spoken about her. Oh, you're talking either. about their scenes, like just the the three of them. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's with been a while. Her in scenes with both of them. I don't think they've had scenes together since they got married on Christmas. No, they haven't had any scenes since then. So it was so nice. It was like, it was really nice. And I loved, like, as frustrated as Sean was that his daughter took that risk, I love that he's like, but I'm proud of you because you know your mom would have done the same. Yeah, it was so cute. Mm. Like Sean, and Sean was acting so much like Bo. Oh, he was like, <laughs> I loved how he, um, he was like, I want to get out of here, basically. Right. That was such a Bo thing. And like, I think the cut scene, which I'm forever bitter that the scene of Belle and Sean cuddling in the bed got cut. But I bet you he tries to get out of bed. And of course, collapses because he can barely move or walk so Claire agrees to go call Ben and get an update if he agrees to stay put and then we would have gotten the Sean and Bell cuddling scene and then cut to Claire calling Ben and Ben coming in with Sierra in his arms I'm guessing that would have been where the cut scene was but it was just so nice to kind of have a Sean Bell and Claire family moment because we never get those and it's just and I love how proud Sean is of his girls. Like, it just makes me happy. It was beautiful. It was fun to see them. Can we have more of this, please? And can we have more of Sean and Belle together? Like, just please can give we just, me more. Can we just give Sean some, like, appreciation for wearing Sean in that pink sweater? Whew. Oh, yes. Can I listen? Like, I had to do a double take on all the spoiler pictures that featured Sean this week because I swear to God, it almost looked like he was shirtless under the leather jacket, but it was just the color <laughs> of the shirt he was wearing. I loved it. It made, it made his eyes pop. I don't know. I just loved seeing <gasps> I was like drooling when I was seeing him in that 
pink sweater. I just, I love having Sean and Belle in Salem. And I need them in Salem full time. I need actual investment in them. I love having them supporting other stories. But I would love for them to actually have their own story. Like, just give me, give me everything. I'm selfish. I want everything. Give it to me. And that has been your week in Salem. We pretty much covered everything. So it's now when I was watching, it didn't seem like there was a lot, but it recap did happen. Like a lot. Yeah. But I, I didn't think there was a whole lot either until I until I broke it down on the outline for the podcast. I felt like the but major yeah. moments were Ilani and their family and the rescue yeah that was those were the and, main things of this week yeah and everything else while decent material were kind of the b stories to the rest of the week like the mur- the murder mystery got one day yeah sarah Xander, Kristen, and brady that got two days so while it had a lot of material it wasn't really the central focus of the week Right. But now on to our favorite moments, our segments. Uh, first up, we have the good, the bad, and the ugly. I will kick us off. Uh, I am going to go with my good, which, of course, I mean, I am a sinner, and this was a big moment for my couple. All of the scenes on Friday with Ben holding his wife and then finally reunited even though she wasn't conscious for it I was just so happy just to see them together and to just it just made me so very very happy I'm really excited for where their next story is gonna go I cannot wait to see what happens next um my bad honestly Xander and Sarah and the Bachelor and Bachelorette parties, like, that was just sad and pathetic all the way around. Like, why, why, why do they keep inserting Bonnie into places where she doesn't really belong? Like, if you want to use Judy that badly, you shouldn't have killed Adrian. Mm. But you did. So, you know, you chose to kill Adrian. You chose to let Judy go. You do not get to then bring her back as her alter ego and shoehorn her into places that she doesn't belong. Mm. You made your bed, lie in it. If that means that we can't see Judy anymore, I would, I would much rather that than to have to see Bonnie in places that she doesn't belong. I agree. And my ugly... Um, honestly... My ugly is just Gabby being rejected by by Jake yet again. I just am tired of it. This this triangle is making nobody look good. Kate is an insecure mess. Jake is coming off like the biggest tool on the planet, and he's not, but he's coming off like one. And I just I want this to pivot into something else. I want this to be enjoyable, and right now it's not. Get it the fuck out of me. And Dylan, what do you have for good, bad, and ugly? 
Um, my good is definitely going to be the Grant Price family. I just, I loved the Carvers and seeing Eli and Lonnie and Paulina's interactions with them and seeing Val and Theo. And it was just, mm. I loved all of it. And all of it was just, it was just good. I just I really enjoyed it. And it made me really excited about, you know, where the story could be going and how these characters are going to play onto the canvas and what's going to happen when Chanel gets here. So that, that was good for me. And I just, I want more of it. So I was happy with that. Oh, my bad is just like the, the little like plotty moments in Sierra's rescue that took me out of the story because like there were things that I I liked like I liked the scenes with Claire I liked Ben and Sean working together and being a team I liked you know Sierra not giving up I I again I don't think we go around breaking random pipes because that way lies gas leaks but um it was just the little things like him stopping CPR like him turning his back on Evan like just tiny little things that I that had they not been there I would have enjoyed the story a whole lot more I would have enjoyed those scenes more so that was bad for me and yeah I'm gonna agree with you because my my ugly was like basically Jake's existence at this point <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not happy with him I'm not happy with who they have Kate being when she's with him I'm not happy with the way he's treating Gabby I mean like I don't like her but honestly I'm not happy with the way he treated Gwen I'm just it, Jason, my dog, house yeah, right now. So he wasn't he, and and Gwen kind of went downhill when she started getting all Hooney with with Jake too. Like he's it he, all it yeah yeah he's in my doghouse right now. I'm not I'm I'm not here for him in this moment, and and it pains me to say because I. I love Brandon and I was probably like one of the when he was on General Hospital I was probably one of the biggest Johnny Zakara fans ever and Johnny was a problematic he was a problematic mess but he wasn't I can't explain it I just Jake's got to get it together because I'm not I'm not liking much about him right now and what about you Ari um, as for me, the good um, and bad and ugly, well, the good is definitely the same as Dylan said. I love seeing the different dynamics between the Carver, the Grants, and the Price families. Um, it's heartwarming, and these are the kind of moments we like to see more on the show. Uh, I have to give an extra shout out to um, Theo and Lonnie, I just loved those scenes. It, I, I was tear. I had tears in my eyes because it, it was so beautiful, and Theo holding Jules in his arms. Oh, my heart! Oh, I loved it. I loved all of their scenes, and also another shout out to shirtless Eli. Ooh. 
<laughs> that was definitely good. Mm-mm. I was like, yes. <laughs> don't yeah, do- I- and he threw his shirt on the couch. I was like, yes, Eli, don't put that shirt on. <laughs> and I will say, I, I want to give a shout out too before you head on to your bad and your ugly. I love the real the realistic moments that yes. they have managed to get. I, I just love I, I know fans don't like seeing cup like pairings do like thing realistic things like folding laundry but i just i just thought it was so cute they were folding their baby's clothes and just talking about lonnie's family and it just played out so nice so aside from the the whole family and the the dynamics between the families and how those scenes in general i just loved seeing ilani just talking and just doing couple stuff like parent stuff like putting the bottles in the fridge and cl- folding clothes and just talking that was great and seeing Theo back and bonding with his n- niece and his goddaughter I know it, it was just good um so now that said the bad uh, I would I don't know it's a tie between Rex coming back because it made no sense and he the way he came off it was it just rubbed me the wrong way and I it's just pointless and Jake and Kate and Gabby I just feel like they need to do something to fix this because it's not working for me I hope they pivot Gabby away like she is doing something on her own instead of chasing him. And like that scene with Roman seems to like, at least for now, close that chapter. But I don't know. We'll see. The ugly. Um, how do I put this? It is not a specific scene, but. Uh, the entire episode of Thursday, episodes of Thursday and Friday is gonna get my the ugly because the entire episode had some really bad acting and it just was hard to watch without laughing or without falling asleep because uh, uh, I felt like everyone was having a bad day on the show maybe not I, Martha and Brandon maybe not because they weren't a few actors were good and bad like I don't know I just ugh, the acting threw me out a lot it was a bad acting episode for the entire cast and that gets my day ugly but I get it like they tape so fast but some, I think, have better range than others. I'm not going to name any names. But I wasn't feeling it a lot. And this is not a specific, like, just one actor or two actors. The whole show, acting-wise, on fr- Thursday and Friday. Okay. And- All right, so that's our... That's it for me. Good. That's our good, bad, and ugly. Um... This would normally be the time that Michael would chime in with his reading rainbow read of the week. However, since he is not here, you will have to check him out on Twitter to get his 
read of the week should he have one. So we are now going to move into our watching it wrong segments. And Dylan, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> okay, I'm just, <clears throat> listen, every character is not going to be for everyone. I have characters that I don't like. I'm sure, you know, you and Aria have characters y'all don't like. Everybody is not going to be for everyone. I understand that. But some of these comments that I am seeing about Paulina, I'm just going to say it. Y'all, a lot of y'all, your slips are showing right now. There is a lot of anti-black misogyny going on there is a whole lot of just flat out microaggressions and racism happening and it's not cute and it's not cute and it's not subtle like there is a you know i i mentioned earlier there's a thread on soap central about paulina and one of the comments was and I kid you not one of the comments was she's too loud to everything for days really um really for no for days have they, have they watched have they watched <laughs> this show <laughs> yeah. uh Calliope has entered the chat Julie Williams <laughs> has entered the chat Bonnie um, Hattie Bonnie Lockhart Hattie <laughs> Celeste, like I mean, hello. She's too everything for days. They, not just characters who are larger than life, but there's char- characters who are shrieking and being loud on a daily basis. But now, hey, Sarah, Sarah, um, and sometimes sorry, Sierra, and it's like a lot of white women on the show are shrieking. But now, when it's Paulina, when it's a black woman, it's an issue. Not only that, it's little things like, I can't believe she could be a successful real estate mogul with her current demeanor. There was, and Ariette, you and I both responded, there was a tweet on Twitter where someone said that she could have been, and I quote, a strong, intelligent, wonderful kind african-american woman and instead she's a stereotype i i responded to that wrong person as well and i said she is all of those things and happens to be loud and boisterous at the same time why is that a problem and it's the the racism is jumping out of everybody has entered that and y'all are not even trying to hide it you think that you are because you're giving these you know, your quote unquote reasons, but you're not keeping that same energy with every other character on the campus. So. And, and, and that person we called out. Has probably like, left Twitter. Yeah, they left Twitter. They came back with some backhand peddling, like, oh, I, I can't stand Julie either. Uh, and I was like, while you weren't focusing on Julie, you weren't focusing on whoever else. You were focusing on Paulina and getting it so wrong that you were called out about it. Oh, yeah. They, they, they were dragged collectively all over Soap Twitter. But I also want to just throw this out there. Jackie Harry is who she always is. She always plays 
the same type of characters. If you were not expecting her to be boisterous, loud, happy, and full of life, I don't know what the hell you were expecting given who's playing her. I, honestly, the thing is, and I'm just going to say it plainly, Paulina's blackness is not being presented in a way that they find acceptable. And so their respectability politics are coming into play here. And they want, they, they'd be fine with her if she were like Val. They'd be fine with her if she were like Lexi. Well, some Black women are like Val. Some Black women are like Lexi. And shock of shocks, some Black women are like Paulina. Deal and with it. They're all perfectly well said. Wonderfully amazing. Um, also, I think a lot of fans like have been accustomed to who, how Eli and Lonnie are written. So when we have now Paul, Paulina and they're reacting this way, like you just like not every single person is the same. Like Eli and Lonnie don't have the same personality as Paulina does. And just, you can tell. I will say I like, I like what Paulina brings out in Lonnie. Like you kind of see a little bit of a different side of Lonnie. And I really like it. I don't, I don't think I ever mentioned that before, but I just wanted to bring that up. You can tell how proud Lonnie is. And she loves her aunt. It just, I'm just like exhausted. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of just flat out anti-blackness going on. And I, my whole thing is I need people to understand that Paulina does not have to perform blackness in a manner in which you find acceptable or appropriate because blackness is not a monolith. And there are, you know, many different ways to be authentically Black. So if it is bothering you, perhaps you need to sit with why and keep your mouth shut. Because I'm really not interested in what non-Black people feel is appropriate as a presentation of Blackness. Stay in your seat. Yeah, we stay in your that, lane. Exactly. That is not, that is not our place. I am a white woman. Exactly. I have no, I have no right to saying what is or is not accepted acceptably black. And should I ever be stupid enough to open my mouth and say something, which I never would, but I'm just saying, if I did, I would have every people would have every right to drag me for it because it's just dumb. Exactly. Say I agree with you on that. Like, it's not our place to say what's appropriate or not so just shut i'm sorry shut the fuck up everyone else like let these characters be you it's not our place to comment what is appropriate or not exactly and and stop being loud and wrong exactly all right do you have something else for watching it wrong or was that you're watching it wrong too that was that was my that was mine. I know. I know it's that a was good one. one. Sorry, it's, it's a good one. But all right, do you have? Do you have one? Another one, or were you gonna just? Uh... I think I'm gonna pivot on you. You're watching it wrong tweets because 
that's basically what I've been thinking this entire week. I know you're going to bring up something else, but I feel the same about that. So I'm just going to join you guys. I don't have one uh, anything else specific that I've noticed, but just what Dylan has mentioned and when you're, what you're about to mention. So just go okay. ahead. So I will go ahead and bring up my watching it wrong. Um, there is a section of uh, the Sin fan base, which I am a part of, that seems to have an issue with Sean. And anytime that Sean and Ben are in scenes together or there are spoilers coming out that Sean and Sierra are going to share scenes, people are having an issue because Sean didn't believe that Sierra was alive. So somehow that invalidates his rights as her brother. And I'm sorry, that is complete and utter absolute bullshit. I swear some of these people are new and do not know how Back from the Dead storylines work. Okay? It is quite common for the person that for Ben to be the only person that believes that Sierra was alive. That is normal, standard soap opera protocol. Her entire family does not need to get disowned because they chose to believe she was gone. And Sean does not need to be vilified because he either A, wanted Ben to wait for backup instead of going off on his own, when in actuality, he only wanted to make sure that Sean, that Ben didn't get, get himself into any more trouble. And he wanted to be the one to go with him, but he couldn't. But y'all are trying to make Sean out to be the bad guy, and it is ridiculous. Sean is her brother. Sean loves Sierra as much as anyone. He has every right to be in her life. He has every right to help figure out if she's alive. He has rights here, and people trying to take those rights away just because they don't like how he acted when she was presumed dead need to shove it point blank i'm done um i don't understand how how fans expect to i don't know that just didn't make sense to me to be mad at Sean. It doesn't make any sense. It never has. And they've been doing it for months and it's only going to get worse because now that now they're afraid that like I, they're going to try to invalidate Ben's place as her husband. I don't actually see that happening because like I don't think it makes a lot of sense that it, the entire family has accepted him, but they have. Right. And, and that's my thing, too. But also, like, when Sierra wakes up next week, it's going to be 2018 for her. Sean is going to be one of the only people that she does trust. Yeah. And like, it, I don't think they will have the family would be like, no, Ben, you cannot. Um, don't pressure her. I think they will. I, I, I think they might initially only while she's recovering in the hospital. But like once she is more stable and they know she's going to be okay then they'll start easing her into like easing easing ben being around her and like introducing the missing you know the information from the missing years and like trying to get her to remember but i think they're going to make sure that she's physically able to 
handle all of that first. Right. I, I I feel like the fan base, like I mentioned before, some of them, some of them, not all of them, of course. Um, they initially dislike everyone who opposes Sierra Ben and Ben or Ben, whether they're justified or not. The fans, not all of them, of course, seem to get mad. And like, it doesn't make sense to me at all. It doesn't because, I mean, I look, I am the biggest Sin fan in the world. You look at my timeline, it is 99% Sin. Uh, I love them to bits. However, I also love my characters individually. I love Ben and I love Sierra. So I want them to have as much friends and family interactions as they can, as well as interactions with each other. We should be wanting more for our favorites, not less. Yeah, I think like want... For example, like I've, I saw that those Sean complaints the other day, like if you only if you only want them and only them, Sierra and Ben, that is, and that only them, no family, because you feel like they they wronged uh, either character, you're gonna isla- uh, put them in a more of a bubble than they already are, and not have any character development, which both of them desperately need and you're not going to get much individuality if you just want them like only seeing them do stuff together or whatever like like I just don't it makes no sense you should want the best you should want the best for your favorites no matter who they are that means you want them connected to as many people as possible Exactly. It's the best possible outcome for your favorite character. Mm, I agree. And that's just a general soap statement. The people who only watch for couples and cannot see the perspective of what the different character connections can do for the individual characters, like, it ends up doing more harm to the characters than good. Yep. Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, like that's we've talked about this because I I told you like on on one of the other soaps that I watch there's I I am a huge there's a a pairing called Sin on the Bold and the Beautiful with Steffi and Finn I am a huge fan of them but my biggest issue is that all Finn has right now is Steffi he's got Steffi in a job. And that's it. He has no friends. He has no family. He has no outside connection to anything other than this relationship and this baby that they're about to have. And so if Steffi were to fall off the planet tomorrow, he becomes irrelevant. And I have always been a believer that the best couples are between two complete compelling fully developed characters and when you keep them bubbled you do them both a disservice because the nature of this genre is that couples break up actors leave you don't 
you don't want to be so invested in a pairing that that's all you have. You've yeah, got to, you yeah. got to give them some, you got to give them some room to grow. You've got to give them other relationships. You've got to give them agency in POV that extends to other things. You've got to give them interests and hobbies and right. otherwise they're completely dependent on their pairing and unless you are like one of the rare 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 soap couples your pairing is eventually going to come to an end some way somehow by hook or by crook your pairing is going to end maybe years from now but your pairing's going to end you don't want to leave that character hanging when that happens and that's kind of what happened with Ben when Sierra wasn't seen on screen for what is it? How many months? Like, yeah, we got like a few. It was. It was. It was. Whatnot. It was. It was a while. It was from September and to January. Ben was basically hanging by a thread. He was, like I've said before on the podcast, he was inserted into other characters' story and orbits or scenes. Because, yeah, Ben, I, I don't think he has, he has had growth. He has some depth, but like ha- he also has been stuck in this bubble. So all of that growth and depth uh, had been diminished, in my opinion. So when Sierra was off screen for so many months, he was just there nothing came out of it of him being alone like on him on his own because because of them being stuck in a bubble you know like you have to try to develop characters outside of their pairing which is why I now really appreciate seeing Ilani with her family like that is one way to flesh character characters out, and there's them having friends or having a career or yeah. like whatever. And days, but days needs to work on friendships across the board. Now. Yeah, because I'm sorry, Xander should not need to go to Jack for his best yeah. man. Sarah, oh and my, Sarah should bad. not need. <laughs> Sarah should not need an emergency made of honor in Bonnie, a person she barely freaking knows because she has no friends. Like, why can't Sarah and Lonnie be friends? No, no. <laughs> Love yourself. Look, I, I know what you're saying. Why can't I, why can't, look, I, why can't Sarah and Abby be friends? Why can't Abby and Lonnie be friends when Marcy and Sal are best Yeah. I also feel like, like you could you could develop so many friendships across the board. I feel like the only genuine friendship I've seen in the recent months are Allie and Claire. And even that, because their family, does that count as a friendship? Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, their family, but I mean, you can be best friends with your cousin. Or no, you family. absolutely can be no. best friends with your family. And I and I am manifesting like, that type of a relationship for Sierra and Allie because V and Lindsay are so close. Like, I want that desperately. But we need 
more like non-related we need friendships or like close family connections on this show i would like to see lonnie and nicole become friends i've been seeing it a lot lonnie and nicole would be great lonnie and abby would be great um i mean i'm not gonna say anything because yeah sure i don't like it but lonnie has a friend so but but i'm just saying like even she has a bestie, even if I don't like it, she does have a bestie. So. I mean, and I would love to see Eli and Sean working oh. together. Like, can Eli and Sh- I'm like, I know Eli and Lonnie are partners. I like their partners, and they're you know they're married and they work together. But I would love it if Eli and Sean got to work together on a couple yeah. of cases. While- I like seeing them work together back in October. Yeah, oh, that was wow. so good. That was so Carmen, so good. Please. Um, you know, and look, even Wraith and Eli are a decent-ish friendship. I like their friendship, too. So, I just, I think Lonnie and Eli do have some friends. Like, we, we know Lonnie and Kristen are besties. Or, no, we, I don't want it, but it is what it is. And, I, yeah, they have sort of established i mean chloe and bell haven't shared a scene yeah they have established eli's friendship so they have friends but i would like to see in general like you guys have said for characters to have more than one friend and more like more friendship in general and dave used to do that i mean like in the mid 90s Kristen, billy and jennifer became friends randomly because they were all having issues with guys. Jack had just left Jennifer. Billy was coming to terms with her feelings for Bo. Even and while still trying to figure out everything that was going on with her, you know, with Curtis's murder. And then Kristen was trying to figure out whether she wanted to be with John or be with Tony. And they all kind of came together and commiserated over the various issues they had in their lives. And it was random, but it worked. And it ended up being a really solid friendship for a good few years. Right. And and even Hope and Lexi were best friends. Right. And you just don't get that anymore. And I miss the friendships. Not unless it's plot driven. So... I just I miss it. I miss it so much. They need to do better in that area. But I think that is pretty much everything. Hey, (laughs) that was do we? I mean, that was fun. Actually, wait before we before we wrap up. Do we want to give any? are there any spoilers or anything from the promo for next week that we're particularly looking forward to? No. I'm just Yeah, yeah, yeah one, it. one spoiler. Sorry. I just like I know ne- next week is going to focus on characters and couples that I'm not a fan of. Uh, so it's going to be a really slow week for me, but there's one spoiler with Theo and Claire that I look forward to. That's a Monday. I think Sammy and Lucas is Monday too. Yeah. Oh, right. Sammy and Lucas. I forgot about them. They're playing this murder mystery so weird. 
So I ought to yeah, it whenever it's, it airs. Yeah. But those it's those, starting to pick up. It's getting a couple days this week and a couple days next week. So it's, how many it's days? To, I feel like it's going to build slowly until sweeps, and then it's May going sweeps. to dominate the campus. Yeah, I feel like Monday, and I think it's going to be Monday and Wednesday this week, and then I think it's at least two days the following week as well. Oh, I hope so because they this story needs to take off. Yeah. Although, I, I, as much as I want to see more of it, and I do, do I want to see it four days a week and have it go nowhere like when, or do I want to see it one day, one to two days a week and have it move every time it's on? I just feel like the focus of it has been like it has had. It, Airing something one day a week is not going to get you much movement. So I feel no, like- no, that's true. But I'm just, I'm just, you know, because because if you look at Gwen, which is aired three to four to five days out of any given week, but there's but yeah, they're playing it and- like you don't have to have a story play like so so many times every week. But when you play it like once a week, like. Once last week, once uh, one ne- next week, and the week after is one time. Like that, that is not telling a story. No, that's true. That is but basically putting the like I'd say the major story, one of the major stories, and putting it like playing it out like it's a C story when it's supposed to be an A story. You know. So yeah, they've actually ha- I. D- like the way I definitely they- want more of it, mm. but I don't want it to be. I don't want much. so much of it. Like we don't, we end up getting so much of it, but we don't end up getting any movement out of it either. Right. Like I want a decent pacing where we see it, and every time we see it, it moves, but we see it consistently. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much looking forward to. Uh, the Sammy Lucas stuff and to kind of get the movement going on the murder mystery. I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with um, Sierra's amnesia. Uh, I was not thrilled about it when I first read that they were going in this general direction, but after having a little bit of time to digest it, uh, I'm really excited to watch my babies fall in love all over again. So I'm kind of really excited to get that going uh the Kristen wearing a sarah mask of it all is kind of a big what the fuck for me but yeah especially when you know what's about to happen well my whole thing with the i i suspend a lot of belief i really do but they're gonna have to explain to me how a sarah mask is going to change her body type (laughs) yeah no i mean because at least when at least when she tried to be in the cold, cold, they were similar yeah. body types, right? Yeah, how, how exactly? How exactly? Sarah is like Lindsay is petite. shorter, and yeah, so, so how, yeah, I'm just I'm just putting it out there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I no, just, so I, you're gonna have to there. Another, does Kristen does she have a mask for everyone laying around in her purse <laughs> right well i mean she was able to get fake teeth for susan and con- like and all the stuff for them to do the swap from prison but 
what are how how is she gonna explain Susan? Like, where's Susan? You know, I she's in jail. We know she's in jail, but like the fake Susan, where is she? All of a sudden, it's just rapidly unraveling. Yeah, yeah. which thankfully it doesn't look like this is gonna last that long because it looks like Sarah and and Kristen are gonna be fighting like the week of the 22nd for Sarah to go free so it looks like this may only be lasting like two weeks which thank god because I could not do months of this and when I like I said this was another thing when I read it I literally sent the article to the group chat and went what the fuck is this who asked for this but the little moment in the promo of like Lindsay playing Kristen pretending to be Sarah like it kind of looked like it worked for me so i'm gonna be interested to see where this goes yeah i'm just i'm not feeling it i hope it doesn't drag too long because having Kristen rape basically uh rex is just very disturbing Uh, yeah this will be her third rape in in like uh, yeah yeah. Like she needs to stop because I, I first Eric, then Brady. Because I'm sorry, sleeping with him in the coal face is technically considered rape. Yeah, and now Rex. I just yeah. This uh, is a choice. We... Why? It's what is the lot. point? It's a lot. What yeah. is this gonna lead to? Is are people going to see Kristen for it, who she really is? Is like. <sighs> I almost wish she was kidnapping Chloe and pretending to be Chloe. Yeah. It, it just that would have made more sense given I, what the story uh, is. It just feels like they inserted Sarah into this to give Xander and Sarah pre wedding angst. And it doesn't even make sense. And the. <laughs> them getting engaged all of a sudden their whole story is just random and now just like inserting Kristen into the mess I said it's gonna be it's gonna be a week yeah I said it before Xander and Sarah are the straight version of Wilson but even Wilson uh, listen Wilson have a lot of history. They do have a lot of history. That's true, but they had a lot. Will's. I haven't seen it fully, but I've seen a lot of praise for it. Will's coming out story. Oh no, that coming out story was amazing and was great. But it under... was handled well. Not only the, the way it was handled, but it was written. And but it, let it was let progress. me. Let I know me... what you. I know what you're saying, but like as character, as just just Will and Sonny as characters back then were developed i i kind of don't see sarah and xander being the straight bull and sunny i don't i'm not a fan of them but no, the only reason i say that though is like written under ron ron didn't know what to do with will and Sonny, okay. so he so he literally gave them obstacle after obstacle to break them up and then when they were together they had no story and were commented or inserted into other people's 
I can see that. Um, so just from that comparison, like not okay. even not even talking about their history or how they were developed, but just okay. look at look at Will and Sonny under Ron, and look at Xander and Sarah under Ron, and you can see a lot of similarities there. Mm, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel like their story for Xander and Sarah was them getting together, and now that they've gotten them together, they don't have a plan. Yeah, they have no idea what to do with them. I feel like that's a general issue for a lot of characters of couples that are like newish. I don't see this. I, I think Jake and Gabby have the same issue because I think they had an idea of where I they actually, were going with with Jake and Gabby, and then Camila left. I also, I also think. I get that sense with Sierra and Ben. Like, where are they going? Why? Like, some of the stories don't actually don't need to be told again because they supposedly and seemingly already established, have established them as a couple. So having them do like this amnesia story, I hate amnesia tropes because it just plays off weird. So why, like instead of doing a story that will just like have them take a few steps back, especially with now Sierra possibly not remembering anything of him and like. Oh, it's not possible. She wakes up yeah. thinking it's yeah, right, right. the last thing. She but like, it just, they take a few steps back and it comes across as not knowing what to do with them either. Like, I feel that same way with, Sandra and Sarah, where are we going? Like, what is the point of this? Is it gonna lead to something? Because, like, I felt like, yeah, I don't like Sin, I don't like Sandra and Sarah, but at least Sierra and Ben have they have established their connection, their love, and all of that. Um, but they so don't what, really have that established with Xander and yeah, exactly. That's my Sarah. point. So. I felt like maybe, in the time maybe, exactly like giving a couple who has already established so much as a pairing. I don't, I don't mean agree with everything, but like and giving them a story that ter- I don't know how to explain this. This is complicated even in my head, but like. You don't know, need to retell a story that it has already been established on screen. Focus on like the things that do need to be developed and maybe give, I don't know, maybe Sandra and Sarah could have had an am- amnesia story to further develop their love. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sin doesn't need that. They need character development. They need individual growth and depth. Sandra and Sarah, I think, I don't think they have much going individually they have more going individually than they do as yes so giving them like a story as a couple to make more of the audience feel like oh they have such a deep love or listen as much as i do not want to watch nine months of sarah pregnant because i was so grateful that the time jump happened because sarah pregnant was insufferable for me the first time i do think an interesting story to play would be her being pregnant again after what happened with Nikki. 
Right. That would be more interesting than this. Than this. Like, and like I said, I feel like they don't know with where to go with a lot of these newish couples. And that is not just Xander and Sarah problem. And it's with Sierra and Ben, it's with Jake and Gabby. I feel like they are just randomly throwing stories at them and not giving them development. And that is really going to drag them down even, even more for me personally. It's just- I will say I am grateful that they have developed Allie as like they have taken the time to develop exactly. Allie's character before like she's been on she, she's been on canvas now for it, it, it is months. more for a character when they're not initially put put in a pairing maybe they're trying out this these different pairings and like just maybe chemistry testing or maybe like just trying like see how the dynamics work how the chemistry is how how the character becomes around this person you know just like building something and yeah but i'm just frustrated like so i am very grateful that ali and this will be the last thing i i say before we wrap it up because we are kind of running long but Allie's been on the show for eight months and by by virtue of the fact that she came in pregnant and then they revealed that she was raped, they did not immediately jump into a pairing. They took these eight months and developed her character individually. So now that we're kind of past everything, we're kind of now starting to see her possibly, granted it's with Trip, not exactly who we want, but we're starting to see her maybe try to venture into a potential parent. Right. Which I like that. Do we have any other final thoughts before we wrap it up? I think that's about it. You got anything, Dylan? Nope, I think we're good. All right. So this has been another episode of soap dish salem style uh michael will be back joining us next week as we continue to dish all of the wonderful shenanigans in and the nick. lovely town of salem oh nick too yes nick will be back as well so we will see y'all next week bye everybody bye.